whispering. The whisper. Yeah, the whisper, whatever. The whisper podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because people are attracted to the sound of the yeah. and, and that stuff when you whisper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the pop filter should reduce it a bit. Um, Sounds. I think so. Anyways, we're we are uh, we are rolling. I think we are rolling. We are rolling. Uh, <laughs> are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm very sure this time. I see the numbers, uh, you know, counting down. I got the right mics and all that stuff. Yeah. But that's interesting when you've had like you know multiple conversations of the same. You know, when you had to make a new yeah. recording, uh, did the conversation pan out in a different way? Um, Kind of, uh, uh, yeah, sorry for the listeners, we're talking about uh, the last <laughs> podcast where I managed to talk for an hour without recording uh, with with the guest then, uh, with Tuli, but uh, no, it it was actually a distraction because you, you know, we were really deep into a conversation and then you had to get on that same level somehow, so it was a bit distraction, so so it got a bit more on a, on a side level, I guess, mm. yeah, yeah. Hmm. It wasn't so that the your opinions or changed. No, no, no. Just like the formulation, and just okay, the flow yeah. of the conversation was was, was changing. Mm. But did she have a specific topic that she wanted to, or that you wanted to discuss with her, or no, no? We, we, I, I'm actually preparing more and more. So for you, I, I prepared a whole list of oh, of, really? of things. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm I'm developing developing kind of the way how to how to talk and how to ask questions. And, and okay. Because what what I really like is that we just have a flu, fluent conversation. Or whatever sure. It is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, anyways, uh, everybody, welcome to the Frida Show. It's the 29th of uh, June. Uh, summer uh, summer is uh, start has started, I think. And um, today we have Jan Christensen. Hello, uh, the great, the great, great young Christensen. Oh, just tall, just very tall. <laughs> great and tall. I hear, I hear the rumors. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad we could could do it just before before summer. Uh, um, uh, yeah, summer gets it out of the city. So. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and uh, thanks for putting me on the show. Oops, sorry. Um, and uh, it's always interesting to see this studio of yours. Uh, it's a very interesting place. It, it's one of my favorite places in the, in the world, but the problem is we're going to move out soon. But I'm, I'm sure that during our talk you will be able to tell me everything about the different projects going on and uh, how you use these spaces and, you know, we'll get deep into this during the conversation yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with the interview with you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but but I, I actually want to talk about you about production and kind of routines of production and oh, stuff yeah. like that because I, I, I you know because that's that's you know one one reason why it's such a chaos here is because I I do so much different kind of things right because if you're a painter you you adjust your studio to uh, to just painting right and you you have your canvas you get your paints you got your you know maybe your music and maybe some books but you know you don't need a lot of extra tools and stuff like that. And uh, and you do a lot of different stuff. You do uh, installations. You do paintings. You do murals. You do uh, conceptual work here and there. And so, mm. so you also have a very varied, yeah, varied practice. And plus, you're in two countries. That, you know, in Berlin yeah. and in in. Uh, mm. And occasionally, I'll do sort of you know curating or yeah. that kind that's, of stuff. That's actually the, how I got to know you in the first, when you were curating this uh, row of exhibition at um, uh, 047. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The the Rick Tilbach Till Start series of exhibitions, where, which is like, which means, uh, you know, go back to scratch. Yeah. 
and that's uh, that was a great show at the zero zero forty seven in Oslo back in 2006 or 7 or 8 no, it must be 7 because I wasn't uh, I think I just came to Norway I was here maybe for half a year or a year yeah. Like that, yeah that was an interesting show I I asked a lot of artists to, to submit work for a show for uh, and I wanted them to ask to show work works that were in the back of the studio you know yeah. stuff that they didn't that nobody wanted to see usually you know yeah. stuff that uh, differed from their general practice uh, that was very cool. Uh, I think also a lot of artists had a chance to then pursue different directions. Yeah. Uh, after that show, even. Yeah. Know. So yeah, yeah, to 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 basically realize, oh yeah, that work in the back actually has value and has actually a, a, is worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but did you go to all the studios then, or you? Uh... No, actually, I I barely visited anyone in the studio. I asked them. I just asked yeah. artists that I liked. Yeah. Or that I was curious about. Yeah. And I told them this concept that I I don't need to know what you're working on. Yeah. I just want you to show what you what nobody else wants to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, some a lot of artists. Let's say you're a painter, like you, which you the example you used earlier. A lot of people expect to see certain kinds of paintings, but yeah. maybe that artist has uh, uh, plastic plastic plastics uh, plastic no. plastic or no, plastic whatever some kind of awkward awkward weird project going on that nobody really cares about and that doesn't really even look like art. Yeah. What would be your weird project in the back of the studio? Huh. Wow, that's a very difficult question. Uh-huh. <laughs> because actually, in general, a lot of people have commented on my work that uh, yeah, and it's hard to sort of put you in a box and say what you do actually and you want you know a lot of people have said like we want to see more of this and more of that and then i didn't work in yeah in those directions any longer or you know like i never really there is not i want i don't i never cared about like you know the presenting one kind of project or aesthetic yeah. i was more into like learning new new skills new yeah. techniques uh you know jumping from from crafts to computer-generated uh, processes or uh, or photography, if possible, mm. you know, whatever. I you know, model making. Mm. These days, most of my work is sort of model-based and computer-based. Yeah, but you, yeah, but uh, but I like to return to the craftsmanship again because uh, I I am you know I'm very sort of a physical guy. I like to, to, to build, build and yeah. construct and yeah. screw and you know yeah. I would like if I was if I had another education. Or had a chance to do make make another career, and maybe I'd be a plumber or a carpenter. Yeah, well, that's that's how I uh, started doing furniture because I just got interested after I finished my bachelor. Wow! So I started do, working with this uh, furniture designer, Piet Bergman, in the Netherlands. Yeah. For a couple of years, and uh, and you know got to a skill level so I could basically live off that next to my art. Excellent. And uh, I gave it up now, but but that gave me it was really worthwhile. So I think I think. Uh, 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 there's not an excuse not to do it if there's if there's a and as artists we can do whatever we like exactly we can you know you can sit down you can make publish a book you can make a film mm. of course it might not be a you know it might not have the look of a professional production always mm. but eventually it might get that kind of level of you might mm. get to that kind of level of production yeah or but even it might not need that production either, yeah you know because uh, that's always the the question because if if you want to compete with film, you know you need budgets of millions. Yeah. And and so you know what's the point of competing competing with that? And it's better to you know create your own. Uh, yeah. And sometimes artworks are allowed. They're allowed the different kind of aesthetic, and uh, 
artworks sometimes are more direct or, or immediate and or or you know it's just the, the first take that's mm. all you need to, mm. to get something done mm. and it, it doesn't have to that's what I like about art too like it's sometimes it's, I even like to sort of you know go and see shows by people I don't know or yeah. I have no expectations I don't and they don't really have it they're not even you know well known yeah. but they might have very interesting work or ideas you know it's, it's not that I necessarily care about the execution always yeah. it's more that the idea is interesting well if you I always care a lot about the execution mm. and, and and that doesn't mean that it needs to be perfectly done and there was a student at the academy now who who made a table and it was the most crappy table but I thought it was fantastic it was beautiful <laughs> you know because it was I mean there was a you know if, as long as there's some generic no, not generic. Janine, uh, like the, like an genius, a real, okay. a re realness to it. Realness, yeah. yeah. Genuinity, genu Yeah, that that word, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that word in the region, yeah, right. In the, that word. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, execution. Let's see, uh, uh, precision of execution doesn't have to uh, necessarily to do with that it is. Uh, produce in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the the work of Franz West. Mm. He's it's very very. Sometimes it's refreshing to look at his, his sculptures, his his sort of mock-ups or yeah. maquettes, yeah. which are just plaster and objects just thrown together. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like I can also tell the same kind of like you know energy from his welded uh, sculptures yeah. that are painted glossy and everything, but they, they still have that like sort of immediate. Immediateness, yeah, this yeah. directness of material. Yeah. Uh, so some of his work is really sketch, sketch-like, you know, but they are strong and. and mm. Mm. But he probably uh, don't you think he makes like a lot of them and chooses because that's yeah. the other. Well, he's dead now, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rest but, in peace. But uh, uh, I'm just if you if you gonna work with that naivety, you have to produce a lot to yeah. be able to choose, right? That is right. That's right. Uh -huh. And that's and that's a uh, I don't know I'd be interested to hear that from you too because for me I only give myself one shot mm. and I don't give my myself room to fail. Mm, mm, mm. So so I also have to accept kind of the the, the I say the the faults in the in the whole thing. Sure, I know, and that's the the, the danger of working uh, with digital technique uh, media and mm. digital processes that you might refine things too much or I might refine things mm. too much. Yeah, are you are you a person who works works on on a project till you know? You, uh, it, it, I, you know, actually, I am not. But I because I have these digital uh, tools, tools yeah. I'm able to. I sometimes maybe I overdo things more than I should mm. because I don't really overdo things. But uh, which did which digital tools are you using? Well, I'm um, you know I've been using uh, for three D modeling. I only I use SketchUp. Yeah. Uh, and uh, which is a very simple but very powerful tool when you know how to use it. Uh, and then uh, AutoCAD 360 for the you know that's for the for the real stuff. Yeah, the, not really the, even the, the for the real stuff. Just for like if I really need to sort of translate files to other yeah. formats and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I used to I used to you know use uh, SolidWorks and Archicad and AutoCAD for other purposes as well but these days SketchUp really does a lot of it and um, or I figured out how to do it all, yeah. all there and yeah, there's a lot of 
using it a lot till yeah. you get to a level where you know because mm. i i never got around to to learning sketchup mm. I, I, what were you using i work in rhino yeah 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 mm. which i think is and i i tried my i started with maya i think mm. but that's more for animation and, and and game building and all that kind of stuff mm. it's hard to to make production drawings from Maya. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then I went to Form Z, which mm. was okay, but I didn't like the interface that much. Then I tried SketchUp and Blender, and then I ended up on Rhino. And Rhino basically was the yeah so far the the one that kind of yeah made it easiest. Yeah, very often it's about like uh, how you what are your workflows mm. like and uh, and uh, what kind of. I mean, Rhino is better at very good at certain mm. sort of double curves and whatever. Yeah. And, mo and organic modeling and stuff, isn't it? Um, organic modeling is doable, but it's not the uh, easiest. Mm -hmm. And then, then there's probably like sculptures free programs yeah. where you can just you know take a shape and yeah. just form it. That's a lot easier. But um, the great thing with with Rhino is that it's very compatible with the CNC machines I'm using. Right, that's exactly. And that's that's mm. basically the, the the bottom line for me that yeah. they, you know that they can easily make files, clean files for for CNC production. Yeah. I mean, because I, I know what you mean, because I also do 3D printing myself yeah. and uh, and occasionally CNC milling. Yeah, I saw the tree uh, you built in a kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm, that was a lot of milling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tree, this interesting, you know, that's that's uh, three meters or five meters of, of wood on top yeah. of each other. Yeah. And uh, that, that tree is still shrinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wood, the wood is sort of you know each. It's each plywood, right? Pli yeah, each yeah. piece of plywood shrinks like a few percent. Yeah, and it's still like five years later. It's it's, it's now like a, a few centimeters smaller than it used to be. Wow. Yeah. Because how many layers was it? It was five hundred. Yeah, five six hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Six hundred. Yeah. So you take um, well, uh, yeah, point two, no, point five mil of each plate. Mm -hmm. And that makes uh, you know. Times but we should we were drying the wood for a year before we did the work. Yeah, that's still it's still it's interesting. Yeah. So that's a you know be very careful when you make a compact piece of wood. Uh, well, or you have to adjust you know. Yeah, other that's, things. That's yes. why moldings exist in houses. To yeah. Kind of, you know, catch these kind of imperfections. And yeah, yeah. Like mm. um, but anyway, back to the modeling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's the digital tools, because um, I. These days, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna phase, I wanna phase out of all commercial software. I just wanna use open source software if possible. Yeah. SketchUp is kind of on the sort of it's not in it's in the middle because it's a commercial yeah. license for the expensive for the pro for, version that yeah, I yeah. use. But um, I, you know, I was I was seriously thinking of move, moving all together to to Blender because yeah. Blender is the op only open source, the only, yeah, yeah. the only useful open source. Yeah, and it also comes with a video editor. Yeah. That oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of also which uh, supposedly quite good. Mm. So then you would get you know double you know two things mm. at the price of nothing. Mm. But because I like this idea that you know the computer, I like I've always been you know interested in in the underground scene, whatever scene I was in, even mm. if it was graffiti or if it was in computers. Yeah. Back in the nineteen nineties, I was in the Atari art. Atari ST scene, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, with the games and all that yeah. stuff and software, and you know, I was probably fourteen year old or fifteen year old, thirteen year old, yeah, doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, I liked uh, the underground scene was always the most progressive scene, scene the demo, the demo scene, and those yeah. they produced extremely good, you know, code. Yeah, 
yeah. and uh, and uh, stuff. And I always, you know, you know, look at all this, you know, commercial software. It's good, but it's it gets bloated. It, it requires all kinds of stuff, and uh, yeah. and I like the. I now these days I'm sort of very pro Linux, and yeah. uh, I like everything to be sort of open source and uh, developed by you know enthusiasts. Yeah. Well, I I, ha- I have really a, a, a soft spot for that too, but. Mm. Uh, of practical reason, I often return to the, the yeah. default again. You know, and the default because Rhino doesn't run on Linux, which is for me a big yeah, problem, yeah, right. And, yeah. and uh, Blender does. Blender does, yeah, but that that doesn't work that well with the mm. CNC machines. Mm. Yeah, no. so, I see. Yeah. So uh, and uh, you know, I only have a computer from work now, so I don't have my own personal computer. But I'd, I yeah. would have Linux on that. Yeah, yeah. And, no, and then uh, you know, I, even Word. I don't use Microsoft Word. I use LibreOffice yeah, or yeah. OpenOffice. Open, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, but then also now these days, I've you know, I had a really nasty the operating system crash recently on one of my computers yeah. due to Adobe Acrobat. Oh wow! Yeah. There's some flaw that in the Acrobat registry that that required a complete reinstall of my operating system because <laughs> so then I said I can I'm not gonna have a single Adobe product on my computer now. Ah, that's interesting because yeah. then you you lose Photoshop and you lose Illustrator yeah. and yeah. and Acrobat and, and uh, yeah. but and there are replacements for all those things. Yeah. So now I'm on Inkscape for um, Illustrator and yeah. uh, and uh, Scribus for, for InDesign yeah. and uh, in GIMP for Photoshop. Uh, yeah, I I used GIMP a bit, but I I I, I didn't. It's like it's awkward compared, yeah. but I now I'm forcing myself to do this. Like, yeah. it's got to be. This is the and you know these days they are requiring subscription licenses and stuff. Yeah. You, and you got it like you know you're got to you don't know I don't know when I use Photoshop. I barely use Photoshop actually these days. I yeah. use it less and less actually. So it's more. I'm more sort of yeah. I just want to use this open source software, and mm. I'm able to do it except for SketchUp and um, Maxwell Render. I use. Uh, mm. Yeah, because you make you make renders of your your things. Yeah, too. yeah. And I'm sort of. Move, there are certain projects I really want to do that are completely digital images. Yeah. I want to do some proper like. I haven't figured it out yet what to do, but. These days, me and my companion Marius Dahl, that I often work with. Yeah, I saw you. You you have a lot of collaborators, and Marius came up the most. Yeah, yeah he yeah. comes. He came up a lot. He's, he comes up a lot. We work together on the, on the large public art projects. Yeah. And uh, together we have we have sort of. What is the advantage of working together on these kind of? Because I thought it was mainly the the public uh, mm. public project you yeah. work with him. We 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 have done a couple of. Well, we have done one large uh, sculpture for a show in Denmark as well. Yeah, but uh, the shows are we set. We tend to sort of do them on our own show, yeah. unless we have a project actually that we do that we want to show together. Yeah, but um, we work together, and when we do this, we get these large scale projects. It's it's the management and it's the brainstorming and it's the it's all the work we do. The, we do both the same kind of work, mm-hmm. but it's possible to. To then you know step away and do certain things, and let the other one do the other do the things. Other things yeah, so you can divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, we usually, you know, Marius has a he has a real knack for uh, for rendering, yeah. and loves to sort of put uh, textures on screws and uh, oh, rocks yeah, 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 and yeah, 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 whatever yeah, yeah. in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. 
that's one of my goals to get into this rendering too. But but it, oh, I'm not a, a yeah. It's a full time job. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. So, but that's we use the Maxwell render, and it's a powerful, very, very nice render machine, render engine. Yeah. Um, so that's also fully commercial. You gotta buy it, you know. Yeah. And it's no, there's no open source stuff for that. No. No, there's because that's a great thing with the open source is that a lot of it is available. But the bad thing is that uh, I don't, and I don't know why you you know uh, um, why can't open source be better than. Mm-hmm. You know? But there are, I mean, in a way, if you think about it, VLC, a video player that everyone yeah, yeah, uses, yeah, 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 it's the best video yeah. player of all. Yeah. And it's, op- it's sort of not, no, I guess it's open source, or it's, it's at least source. free. Yeah. It's free, yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't, maybe it's not open source anymore, but it's at least Something free. that's at least free. And it's it, it's it has been developed by the sort of the underground scene from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, but that's a, that's a very, you know, I, I'll probably get help for it, but it's a very simple tool. You know, it does yeah. one thing and it does one thing very well. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and uh, you know, if you want to have a Photoshop replacement, you know, it needs to be very powerful and very complex. Yeah. So maybe after a certain complexity, somehow the open source, you know, doesn't have the resources or the determination to kind of make it. You know. Mm. But there are certain things in Photoshop that they have taken from GIMP. Yeah. That you will only realize when you use GIMP, and you, yeah. or if you used GIMP earlier on, and you realize that these things have now been implemented in Photoshop. Mm. So people are, you know, people have this tendency to think that Adobe is always on the, you know, on the forefront. But no, I, uh, I think actually they, they, you know, Photoshop hasn't really improved in the last five years. I think you know they have like yeah. small tweaks. It gets more awkward to use because you have now these subscriptions and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But. Uh, um, but uh, and there's also a replacement f- software for Lightroom, yeah, uh, which is called Darktable. Uh, of course. <laughs> and the, the guys behind Darktable are interesting because they refuse to make uh, Windows uh, a Windows version of the software. Yeah, they they want to keep it strictly Linux. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they have there's somebody ported it to to Apple, so it's there's an Apple version. Yeah, an Apple version, yeah. yeah. But uh, but they are you know they are hardcore. They like we don't care about the rest you know the rest of the world. We just want to do Linux. To, uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. pretty charming. That's that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's my digital. Um, yeah, I use GIMP, uh, Scribus, in uh, Inkscape, SketchUp, mm. Maxwell Render. Mm-hmm. And then all what whatever there are all kinds of PDF you know replacements replacements yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, so I don't know what this not uh, yeah. that's all yeah and these days I don't I'm I'm sort of I used to use you know more of the three D different three D software to sort of check my files when I'm exported for production and stuff yeah but these days I know how they what happens to the file I know why things go wrong yeah. I, I produce very clean so, uh, 3D dra- drawings in the first place. I mean, hello, there's the train. Um, uh, I mean, doing 3D modeling is is uh, is it's it's crucial to sort of plan your work. And I do, think I yeah. think by far that's the most powerful tool I use. 3D yeah. modeling because mm. that's you can you can try out shapes and and concepts and and spacing mm. in such a flexible way mm. which you can't do if you build models yeah uh, but it's really good if you you know once you 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 made your 3d model you make a model 
mm. or you make the real thing depending on the time and the budgets and, mm. and all these kind of things but uh, by far the most powerful tool is because all these CNC machines and printers and stuff you know like a milling CNC milling machine is nothing more than a, a router on steroids mm. you know? it's, mm. it's not a complicated machine at all mm. it's a Dremel on a, yeah. on a, yeah. and a, mo a moving Dremel yeah mm. So you know, and the same for you know, the lasers maybe a bit more advanced because you got a couple of mirrors in the laser. But other than that, it does it you know goes. Yeah. It, it's even simpler than a, than a than a router because it only does the x and the y axis. I think the three D software, what whichever program it is, should be compulsory in art school these days. I completely agree. And because yeah. and whoever thinks Photoshop is is very is necessary or you know they are wasting their time. Well, you need Photoshop to to have your you know, kind of make your portfolio nice. So yeah, but it's and, but limited actually. I think it's not it's not what's gonna make your career. Like if you yeah. learn other soft like more advanced software, Photoshop is gonna be the easiest thing to yeah to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it's a bit like learning Word. You know, you, you yeah. you're gonna use that anyway. So it's not it's not really something that yeah. You know, and, uh, and but it's what because what I, I teach occasionally as well and uh, I've done 3D you know, modeling courses mm -hmm. mo like mod model making and also 3D models like mm -hmm. digital work that where I taught uh, SketchUp yeah. and um, what's interesting is how many art, there are a, num a number of art students that, are, that actually go to art school thinking that they can go to art school and, and sort of skip the digital thing yeah and there are people who don't have email or yeah. don't want to sort of, and they do, they don't know how how the keyboard works of the computer. They type with two fingers. And yeah, and they don't know where the shift button is yeah. or what the return is, yeah. or how to you know how that you can actually push two buttons at the same time to get a third number yeah. or whatever yeah, letter. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't. These these artists are. They must. I don't. I don't see any. I don't. I wonder how they. What happens to them when they? You know. Yeah, well, I, I'm. I'm dual about it because I. I think you know, art school should also be a place for these awkward people who actually don't. Sure. Don't kind of, uh, find a place in a normal society in that yeah. sense. You know, so it should be also a haven for people who who really are awkward and and mm. weird. And but but you're right. You know. Because I just want to do the, you know, I want to show them, give them the opportunity, the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's also, uh, you know, I also, uh, you want know, to say, I, I, we think quite alike. I think there is, you know, mm -hmm. you want to, you know, you be as open as possible of, of any production method, of any way of improve your thinking and stuff like that. But some people, they think differently, and they, you know, they they mm -hmm. see it as a distraction. Mm. You know, and it could be, you know, if you if you just do hand drawings, right? Yeah. Of course, it's practical to to know the three D programs, or of course, it's practical to kind of understand uh, yeah, one more. Yeah. Of course, it's important to understand these, uh, uh, you know, kind of the digital world, which you kind of also in, in navigate. But uh, but you're right. You know what comes from them afterwards. You know they'll they'll have a hard time surviving. You know, of their art, or or with their art, or well, I'm sure. I mean, people will survive, but I just want to give the students the the best starting point. You know, the mm. best, show them the tools, and a lot of times, you know, I, I wouldn't have done the work that I do if I didn't pursue new technology, or yeah. oh, I couldn't have done these large scale sculptures that requires pr manufacturing by the by others. You know. Yeah. Which which means I can do artwork that other people can't do. Yeah. 
you know, it's not, I don't, you know, there are, it's still about the idea in the end, you know, it's still about the quality of the, mm. of the artistic idea and whatever. But, um, I'm very happy that I know these things. I just want to mm. be able to, I would like other artists to benefit from, uh, these possible means of production. Yeah. You know? But I think, you know, and often they also don't know how important it actually is. And yeah. kind of the comp compound interest on these kind of, if mm. you learn it early, kind of how, how much easier it will be along the way to kind of adjust also. Right? Yeah. Because But it, and it also, I mean, not everyone can also live as artists or we can't always make the same, you know, the li same living mm. throughout our careers, mm. all of us. Mm. And sometimes learning these skills or learning these um means of manufacturing means you ha you might have other means of living yeah. you know yeah yeah well i mean that you know what that's why partly why i did the furniture mm. in the first place not you know, in the first place i wanted to make furniture because i thought most furniture were ugly mm. and if you have such a strong opinion you have to at least try to prove wrong that you can make something nicer right mm -hmm. and uh, secondly was kind of to develop this because I knew, you know, I have hardly any skills after art school. Mm -hmm. I can hold a drill, I can, you know, but I, I don't understand this material I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And through that process, I really got deep into 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 materials and producing and, and also kind of this idea of producing under pressure, under under restrictions. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Which is uh, which is similar to the commissions, uh, you know, where you often mm. have you know you have spatial restrictions. You have you know if you're outside, you have restrictions with weather and with yeah, yeah. with with public and with with all these kind of stuff. And just to be able to deal with these logistics around it, you know, and that's because that's a mental battle you have to do with yourself. Yeah. You know? And uh, um, I studied ceramics. That's my background, and uh, yeah. and uh, so there. I mean, I learned skills. Craftmans, craft, mm -hmm. craftsmanship already there. Mm -hmm. um, but what's funny is that it, the, the, a lot of those uh, considerations that I that I have and how or had or made then, uh, they return to me while I'm when I'm doing this 3D modeling and mm -hmm. the 3D printing and mm -hmm. stuff. Because I yeah, it's the shape, it's how it works, like you know how how something. Mm, yeah, just I can't even explain well, it. It's well, just with uh, with uh, if your ceramics background, you know, you work a lot with with negative forms and positive forms. Mm. You know, with castings, mm. with with uh, you you work with additive and subtractive mm -hmm. uh, sculpting, right? Because mm -hmm. you can you know with yeah. clay and you can scrape away again. And, so and you know, there's a yeah, and you think about the the layer of the of the shell, for mm. example, you know, of the yeah. which is something that comes back to you when you are doing three D printing because yeah. you can't just make. It's not going to be a full plastic sculpture. Yeah. You got to make some kind of like shell, you know. Yeah. So or cast uh, in a way. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, just developing any skill it doesn't really matter what will yeah. help you learning other skills. Yeah. It will be easier and easier to learn. I remember getting a digital camera back in 1998, I think, in art school. Yeah. Which is uh, when uh, I could only get a 1.3 megapixel camera at, yeah. for a thousand euros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and then. Uh, three or four years later, I got a three point megapixel yeah. for another thousand euros. Yeah. Uh, but these cameras, very that I got, I think I even got it before I had a proper PC. Yeah. I was just, I just had the, I just, it's enabled me to just shoot pictures of of my work as a student. Yeah. All the time, you know, of my of my of the processes that I was involved in. Yeah. 
so I could keep an archive of, of certain things that I was doing and stuff. It helped me very, uh, you know, a lot, which and not a lot, no other artists or art student did that. Because yeah. they were all, you know, you got to borrow a camera at this photo lab. Or, and then you have to develop it. Yeah, yeah. I remember because I, I studied between 99 and 2003. And so I started with a normal camera. And, mm. and, and then I bought my first digital camera from like a, a fire sale, you know, where they kind of, they they have oh, like yeah, from, yeah yeah they get the stuff from insurance so they have has maybe some black dust on it or yeah. something so I got my first Nikon huh. whatever camera and I I was sold it's just kind of this quantity of yeah. taking pictures and pictures and you don't I don't delete anything yeah so you know just this accumulation of of images <laughs> you know I think it's fantastic and and uh, uh, yeah because yeah because I never was the one that you know yeah sits there with the, the perfect camera and taking the perfect picture and I, I was never interested yeah. you know, I'm, I'm more interested in this uh, I want to catch that moment or maybe I can do something with that or maybe oh there's an idea or <laughs> there you know what you yeah, like use it more like a notebook or yeah. like a like a external way of thinking and unfortunately the the resolution was so low that I some of my early work has very low resolution <laughs> yeah. you know the images the yeah. image of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's uh, that's uh, that's unfortunate but anyway it was a good good lesson you know yeah. to get get involved in technology already then yeah. I think I it sticked I learned something intuitively from that and yeah. I've always been looking for new things since then Mm. But yeah, back to this, uh, how I work compared, I mean, your studio here is like, you've got a lot of projects going on at the same time, I guess, from sorting out your slides to reading a book to making sculptures to making some drawings. Yes, yes. No, but I'm, but I'm still unsure because I've been redoing this studio basically all the time. But now, you know, I have a storage system now that works and that is easy transportable. Mm. You know, so all these kind of drawer things are just small units, which I can just kind of, you know, put on my... Uh, my trolley and roll it out and all the the underneath under the workbench is all on wheels mm. so all units on wheels which can be rolled out very easily mm. uh, so i can also reconfigure it very easy in mm. a way. Uh, it's not entirely done yet but but the idea here now is that here i do mainly i do collages in this room because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, uh, um, you know i have one table and can that that kind of works mm. uh, sculptures I mostly do in the lift room yeah because that's more dusty and stuff like that and mm. well the, the other room is unfortunately storage at the moment yeah that that's yeah. that that tool shop yeah okay yeah. Mm. so that uh, and that but I uh, my idea was because I had two rooms so I had, I had one kind of dirty room one clean room Mm-mm. but uh, in reality that doesn't really work it's, uh, so it's, it's the, your installation from no place is this uh, yeah. stuck yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh, that takes a walk, takes a lot of room yeah so I'm a bit uh, I'm trying to I'll, I'll write a proposal for open art in Urebu with that one mm-hmm. so maybe I can ship it there before I have to move yeah 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 well I like because I because I mainly because a lot of my work I work plan my work digitally yeah I I do have like uh, a compact sort of work uh, tool toolbox yeah. in Berlin and in Oslo yeah uh, but I don't have huge equipment I, I have the hand tools that I need yeah uh, and then I it's all sort of organized because when I when I live in Berlin and I live in Oslo and I keep a small office in Oslo as well yeah so uh, 
then I, I constantly need to sort of sort it out and clean it up because whatever I do, even if I do model making yeah. or, or, I, or I mess around with my books, yeah. it's like I'm leaving the house for a few weeks, yeah. so I should clean it up. Yeah. And that, that sort of, um, it, it, it's kind of a nice thing. Your production is, in a sense, interrupted all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have a similar problem, but, but do you see it as an, as an asset or do you see it as a, as a distraction? Yeah, it could be both. It's it's yeah. it's definitely both. But um, uh, yeah, sometimes it prevents me from getting started with something that might take a little longer. You know, yeah. for example, let's say a drawing or a painting or something. Okay. I might be I might put set it aside until I really have time to just work on that only. Yeah. But yeah, I get distracted by a lot of other things and. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know maybe it's good to have everything around like you do yeah. when you can just pick it up when you, when you have a chance well I, I work on several locations too because part part you know uh, mm. um, since I'm so much at uh, Academy you know uh, like all the cutting and stuff I might do there mm. you know for small stuff so and uh, so then I maybe have some tools there which I don't have here so mm. so I'm also a bit split out in a luxury position I must mm. say but but uh, uh, no, because I, I, I do feel it as a distraction. I would rather have one studio where everything happens. Mm. You know, because, yeah, exactly for this, these long-term productions. Mm. And and uh, the things, you know, like I've been trying how to learn how to paint for the last uh, two years now, I think. Oh, yeah? With a roller? <laughs> With a roller, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually using my... A lot of rollers. No, I'm, I'm developing this technique where I where I paint on laser way, paint on and, and ah, stuff yeah. like that. But I, yeah. I haven't really kind of got the code yet, so I'm mm. kind of so I've been working and thinking about it. And that's a pro. You know, so there's a lot of canvases which are standing around in the other room, which are standing yeah, just yeah. standing waiting for for stuff to happen. And, mm. and so so this development of new directions, so to say, which mm. takes a lot of time and a lot of space too. Mm -hmm. I think is is uh, uh, is I think very important and but you need some kind of yeah uh, yeah space no, for it. It's interesting uh, how I because when I work especially with uh, you know for the last few years on these large public artworks that I collaborate with uh, Marius Dahl yeah. uh, for those pieces. Uh, we basically sit around wherever we are. If if I was traveling or if Marius was traveling, yeah, we would just go on Skype. Or basically, we never meet. We just talk on Skype. Yeah, and we just work on Dropbox. Yeah, where we share our files and then those, and we both sit at the computer. If even if you know, if I'm in Berlin or he he's in Istanbul, he yeah. lived partly in Istanbul or he yeah. lived full time in Istanbul for several years. Yeah, now he lives in Drummond in Norway. But um, a big change. A big change. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, he lived for fifteen years in in, uh, in Istanbul. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember I was in Korea and stuff, and he wasn't there. He was in Istanbul. We still could deliver on time and all that stuff, you know. Mm. But it was also funny how you know I have a clean desktop, but I or clean desk. But then we work on these sculptures and online, you know, in the virtual space together. It's <laughs> it's very funny, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's uh, I appreciate that possibility in a way, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it also caters to to your way of of living, you know, where you travel a lot, where you're, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're on, on. I did a lot of residences throughout the years, mm. and those I think that that lifestyle because I did twelve or 
13 residences in a while, in a few years in, wow. in, in, for yeah. 10 years and now I don't really do the do that anymore but it I think that that cr helped me develop this like pr uh, work style of working where I don't need where you have to be flexible where yeah. You, yeah where you bring your work wherever you are yeah and uh, you yeah you can it's yeah you, you mm, something like that mm. but maybe it, you know I now that I have an office for the first time yeah. I've had a, an office for like one and a half year in Oslo when I, so when I'm in Oslo I have this small office because I have a small apartment yeah can't work at home there and um it also yeah it's it's uh, i want to be able to do some more different con different kind of work and it a, a, an office or a studio enables me to do that yeah so that's cool yeah that's interesting yeah yeah but i'm always surprised kind of how much uh, you know your your space determines what kind of work you can make mm -hmm. you know how you know that the wear often often determines much more you yeah know, uh, what we do yeah Often art students, for example, unfortunately don't appreciate or understand that. Mm -hmm. And they are just sitting around thinking they're going to have those kinds of facilities forever. Yeah. And then they leave art school and then yeah. they're stuck in a, yeah, the basement of their of their parents' house or something. Yeah. And they don't understand that's an investment you can make. You know, yeah. in two, three, four or five years, you know, if you, you can really produce some extraordinary stuff, which, you know, yeah. which helps you compound, yeah, yeah. compound interest again, you know, and will... Mm. But not that I was any more. I wasn't any more clever. I, I, I also when I went to art school, I went to lectures. Yeah. I only went to lectures. I did the, the mandatory workshops and courses yeah. and learned a lot of skills and crafts. But then I went to lectures. I saw a lot of lectures and saw a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, already back then as an art student, I developed this sort of you know, uh, interest in 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 the scene. Yeah. Uh, which is which has benefited, I think, my practice. I th yeah. Uh, but I that that came already from art school. But I one thing I did the one thing I didn't do in art school was I didn't in use the facilities. Mm. And I really sorry about that because I, I wish I had just like you know emptied more paint out of out of the f entire floor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We welded some stuff or you yeah. know destroyed some stuff properly. You know. Yeah but yeah yeah taking taking real risks and yeah trying to yeah no i i especially in my masters i did it a lot i i was in the workshops 24 7. Mm, nice yeah so that i uh but even then i didn't i didn't feel i didn't do it enough yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Uh. but that's also you know i think that's also you know, this idea that you never do enough mm. i mean we're also a bit programmed with that maybe yeah and at the same time i mean i all the other art students were there all the time. Mm -hmm. They were they were doing you know they're stuck in school doing their projects or doing their MAs and mm -hmm. I, I I didn't do the MA I only have a BA mm -hmm. and I I basically I saw how people who did MAs burned out during the process of doing MAs yeah and I was and I, you know they started to hate what they do, what they were doing oh, wow. and I was thinking wow. like yeah that's true like maybe that's that's actually you know as an art student. To focus on something for a year or two or three, yeah, that's a little might be a little heavy for some people. You know, art yeah. art isn't necessarily made that way. Maybe you, sometimes you just make your work in two months before yeah. a show, yeah. very spontaneous and intense. So I just like decided to just take a break and never returned actually. Yeah, well, that's uh, I think that's a very valuable choice. I, I had a couple of years in between too, mm. and I think and I don't think it's, I mean. My my calculation in that sense was, 
I can either do the master or I use like four years on it. So I either do a master and develop myself in these two years or I you know, I have to develop myself and it will take me four years. Mm. And that has more to hasn't to do with the education. It has to do with that you're with your peers all the time and you have like this dialogue, this mm. ongoing dialogue with your with your you know with the other students. Mm. And and that dialogue you know, you but you can find this dialogue uh, outside as you you uh, as you said already you choose or you you already develop an interest for the scene mm. you know so you probably get a lot of feedback from there you know yeah. you kind of develop your your uh, and and one yeah, so you you get that information from other sides but it often goes a bit slower mm. so it's not a necessary thing to do and i mean it's 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 also uh, i mean you yeah a year studying costs like 150,000 or something you know, you, you sit with a with a yeah, yeah mortgage mortgage afterwards. You know, and mm. do you want to carry that around? You know, and and yeah, yeah. pay that down and you know be a slave of that the rest of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know these these are these are real. You know, I think these choices. It's often too easy to say, oh yeah, of course you have to do master. Oh, you have to of course you have to study. And mm. uh, I do agree. It's not a it's not a given. Mm, mm. and you have to be very careful and see okay you know this is the right path you know not not because i don't want to do all this to the master so i you know I, yeah time goes by no, but yeah because a lot of people i mean this is the why the when i when i was research, researching the scene back then as an art student in a way i mm-hmm. i was look i was considering what this life would be yeah like and yeah. that's something that a lot of art students don't think about yeah they think they're gonna be you know th- that they're gonna be able to look into that later and and understand that later yeah and uh, i realized the big difference of from being an art student to being a professional was that when i was still an art student and i was walking around met met artists or get got drunk with people after shows i could ask a lot of stupid questions and and you know things that everyone answers yeah Mm. they will answer you honestly and 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 actually with the intention of sharing their their knowledge, mm. because you are an art student, you are not a threat. Yeah. But yeah. when you are, are an artist, and yeah. you, then and you know, as soon as you leave the academy or whatever art school, then you, well, the the I said the uh, the um, now I forgot the word. The, uh, positions change. Yeah, the positions yeah. change. Yeah, mm. and which which it also should be, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one thing I did as an art student, I started working at this art, art space. You know, oh yeah, this, great. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and in Utrecht. No, in Den Bosch. Okay. Yeah. So and that uh, uh, yeah, that was that's one of my most valuable things I ever did. That's yeah. how I got an exchange to Los Angeles. That's a, that's wow. why I was in Los Angeles doing a yeah. show now again, ah. right? And uh, and working on the commission uh, for commission for that college, which I exchanged to, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so so and a lot of context f- through that space kind of yeah and uh, what you say kind of it was a um, it was a uh, uh, inblick I say yeah uh, um, inside or inside enlightenment in because in, we sh- uh, that mm. space showed like really mid career artists like mm. doing really well international uh, blah 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 mm. and and so I had a really close look at that and say, and I could can, I learned a lot 
kind of how to mm. uh, uh, what were their mistakes what were their weaknesses what were their strengths and, and mm. kind of uh, how come these people have these careers and how how mm. do they think and you know you get I get a lot of tips also right? mm. you know, like you know if you get a stipend invested in stuff you know mm. like people got stipends year after year and never kind of don't have anything in return for it right? mm. so one thing I always do with stipends I buy tools mm. you know or, or materials or you know invested in certain things you know like the podcast came through a stipend. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. All this equipment, I, 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 uh, and, and uh, I think about eight, eight thousand crowns. I got all my equipment, mm, and I mm. thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna buy the best, 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 but I'm gonna buy good quality, yeah, all at once, and you know, it's an investment, and I've had fun with it ever since. You know? Yep. And Regarding the inst- interviews and stuff, since Alex Israel is having a show at Asher Burnley, yeah, he's done a series of interviews as well. He is, yeah, yeah. And I was I was checking them out recently, you know, but and they are pretty funny. They're sort of, but I yeah, yeah I, I read about it. Yeah, yeah. He, he did these. Um, it was a TV interview. So yeah, he did this TV kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he mimics the TV interview or mm. sitcom, whatever. Mm. But but he does it in a very sort of sly way. He just he's he's very un or disengaged. Yeah. Uh, in a f- but it's it's it says something about you know our time and culture and all that. Mm. But um, I was just curious if you had seen that and if you had an, if you had an uh, in, if if your intention with, with with your interview series, if they are if there is a different or a specific intention with the well conversa- how, the how I said it on the website too yeah. is. Uh, uh, you know, I, in 2012, I just got a kid, and I, uh, you know, what happens when you kid, you get a bit kind of, you know, you don't see the outside world that much, right. you don't go, go to openings that much, so all of a sudden, I didn't have any art conversations anymore, mm. and and I, and that hurts me, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna have these conversations, I wanna have these things, and then I saw, and I was listening to podcasts myself all the time. I really enjoy that, yeah. especially when I work. I work with loud machines, so I have like you know earplugs mm. in and. Uh, ear protections over it, and so I'm in my own world uh, listening to, uh, you know, to to podcasts. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I can do that too, right? And so, so that's that's how I started, just so I could have conversations with people again. And and what I found out is the really cool thing is because I mean, nowadays if you go to openings or you go you you go to a party or you meet people, you know. There's hardly any time for a real conversation. You know? That's true. That's true. Kids are running through, or you know, there's too much distraction, or oh, I need to talk to that person, you know, and mm. all that stuff. And especially if you know your friends from abroad come to town, you know, mm. they have to see like twenty people, you know, so mm. so you don't talk to them. But if yeah. you put a microphone in front of them and uh, some uh, head, you know, headphones on them, they'll sit still for a couple hours <laughs> and you have a great conversation. Yeah, so, yeah. So that was the uh, that was the idea. Really, just have conversations and and. But also, uh, uh, the most important thing is that I uh, I wanted this to be on my own premises. So right. I do a podcast. You know, first I thought oh, I'm going to do every other week. I do a podcast, and I thought I I don't have the energy or the time. Mm. So I do one a month approximately. Mm. Uh, so I've, I think you're number twenty now, and oh, I started yeah. in. So it's probably less even because I started in 2013. So in May 2013. So that's three years ago. Yeah, but. You're gonna have a very interesting archive of, of and, conversations. And that's the thing; it just accumulates, yeah. and and you know, whenever I have the the, and, and I said, okay, I'm gonna build it up and make the mistakes, and gonna, uh, but I build upon it. So now mm-hmm. I'm I'm preparing more because I, uh, 
because uh, I want to hear the people speak more. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> right, and uh, yeah, but it's also it's 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 also been a really good tool in kind of seeing yourself as well. Yeah, huh. kind of what kind of stupid ideas you have, kind of how annoying <laughs> you can be, kind of how. So facing basically all your uncomfortable sides in in conversation with people is That's true. very 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 valuable. I mean, a lot of people. We should all record ourselves a little more. Yeah. Because when you when you watch yourself on YouTube, for example, you realize how you. <laughs> I would be. I would. I keep throwing my hands around all the time when yeah. I talk. Yeah. It's very annoying when I look at uh, yeah, look I, at myself. I realize how I'm dist distracting everyone <laughs> by yeah. throwing my hands around. Um, and also, yeah, when you listen to yourself, then. You realize how hard it might be for other people who, if you, if I lecture, if I have a lecture, yeah, and I don't know how, what I do that might be, you know, annoying yeah. or something. Yeah, what what engages and what disengages. Yeah. yeah, so it's. Uh, but I also think it's it's uh, it's also a tool to kind of uh, you know just also learn how to accept. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm like that. That's true. Know? That's and, true. And, uh, and but actually also to learn how your opinions actually sound. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your opinions. Might come out come out much harsher or yeah. unclear. Yeah, you know, that's so that you really need to make yeah, it because all those other stuff you say in your head afterwards or before, you know, they, yeah. they come through. Yeah, I actually have this feeling that I, even my opinions might be a little different when I speak Norwegian or English. Yeah, that yeah, oh, language absolutely yeah. kind of kind of determines also yeah, the same that space kind of determines what we make. <laughs> yeah. Language also determines kind of how we think and how we express ourselves. Yeah. 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 It's bizarre. Yeah. No, so that that is the and 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 yeah, what you said, building up this huge archive, mm. yeah. and uh, mm. and no restrictions. I do whatever I want. So if I, you know, if I, yeah, and however I want it. And, and what's nice is that you have such a. This is the very. I can hear it from the headphones that the sound is cr pretty crisp. Yes. And uh, because I was when I was watching these uh, Alex Israel videos on at the Friendly. Yeah. They're pretty poorly done. Yeah. Unfortunately, like back to the very first discussion the yeah, topic we talked about, how certain things don't have to be well made. Sure, yeah. but when he, Alex Israel does this television mockery, he should uh, or you mockery should of television. Aware, yeah, yeah. You should be aware of the language of television, and you should take care of. Yeah, this the visual yeah. language of television yeah. is very something much more yeah. advanced than what he did. Unfortunately, for because he's interviewing some pretty interesting people yeah. in a funny way. I mean, the questions, the conversations are brilliant, yeah, but they don't require the video in a way. Mm. And sometimes the sound is even crappy. Yeah, the default sound drops out during the conversation and stuff. I'm curious, like you're talking to, you know, big people, like you know, you have Bret Easton Ellis and mm. Oliver Stone and stuff. Yeah, and then it's all sort of a little bit too makeshift. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it can be can be defended as attitude, but that, that you know oh, that's the thing. How how will it hold up over time, right? Because that's it, which yeah. we talked about the the digital cameras we started right. using yeah. in, the, in, in the late nineties. Mm. You know, all all that imagery is pretty useless. Mm. Uh, and and now I you know I started shooting on RAW basically about a year and a half ago. Now I only shoot on RAW. Yeah, because you know when I do my collages. I need to have the raw files now. Mm, I mm. can't do it with the, the the other ones anymore. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. mm. you know, as these as these technology develop, also you're kind of you're seeing develops and you're kind of accepting your develops. It's not it's not 
it's not a problem if you do it in a time that it happens because you know everybody reads that same language so, yeah you know it's not but if you're yeah you have to be aware of that language and mm. the same goes for you know maybe israel's with this with this yeah kunstkritik.no that did a very interesting uh, article or feature uh, where they interviewed three documentary photographers yeah and asked them about photography and uh, a little bit about you know f- the photography in our time and mm. and their work compared to the you know the, the massive massive amount of public uh, or photos that a public sh- shoots themselves you know like yeah. and they they say something they said something uh, some of them pointed out how the, the you know the special camera the special equipment still still ch- takes different pictures than than yeah. the iPhone does or yeah. uh, but but most people are able to do shoot a little better shoot pictures in general yeah. like, these days yeah well i mean practice make per- makes perfect as if you you know everybody has a phone and camera and so mm. you know and you take i don't know two three four pictures a day you know mm. in a year you made you know 1200 pictures or whatever it is yeah yeah so you learn you learn a bit yeah i mean i personally i i feel like i i currently do this you know i've had a instagram account for a couple of some years mm. and it's i enjoy shooting pictures there because i do some weird angles or weird sh- shots that i actually don't do if i do if i bring an slr yeah and shoot with a proper lens i'm sort of then i'm suddenly i'm composed i'm i don't know Too i don't conscious. shoot the same fresh images mm. then i shoot like proper documentary doc, you know, yeah. documentation of work yeah but i don't shoot in the same sort of in spontaneous instagramic way yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah, you call yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's uh, something about instagram that makes it changes the pictures you know yeah. no i i do i do i do shoot on an slr I, I, or like a like a, a, a real camera mm. I do sh- shoot like that, but I've al- oh, yeah. always done that. I, yeah, as I said, true. I use it as a, uh, mm. you know, I, I have no restriction. I just click yeah. the bottom ten million times. Right, uh, right. Well, I do too, but I, it's like I never go back and look at those pictures. In a way, I'm so yeah, okay. Uh, but that's also the thing, kind of what you know. For me, it's it's like paint. So I use so much images in uh, in uh, in other work. Right, right, right. But but to just yeah. Uh, you, but you, you also, you, you, the, the the collages or the paintings you made with the pictures. Yeah, yeah, the co- the record covers. Or or. For example, uh, you had a couple of them. The they had a whole series of these, right? The white, black, and white. Yeah. 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 They are all record covers. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they were appropriated. Uh, appropriated from, but I yeah. shot them over the, you know, with cameras. I yeah. Put them all out on the floor. So that they became a chaotic composition in the first place, yeah. and I shot those. Uh, I, I shot selections of those, mm. those those um, areas of those, uh, or even you know, I, where I made more. I put them out several times, and and then I put all that stuff together again as a as a collage by printing out the images themselves, mm. so that everything got chopped up. Yeah, it was yeah. a sort of experimental collage. Uh, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, which made everything is you know yeah, chopped up on different levels in a way. Mm, yeah, yeah. But other than that, you don't make that much use of of photographic images in your work. I guess not anymore. I used mm. to do it more before, maybe when I did wall paintings. Yeah. Then I would take the digital cam images and and uh, see you know um, 
grayscale them and stuff so that they could I could easily transfer them to the wall. Yeah. Uh, that those might those were appropriated images that I photographed and stuff or pictures I, where I used the camera as a notebook. Yeah. Where shooting. Yeah. Um, but these days I don't make that kind of. It's almost like to me the fact that everyone is working digitally now means that uh, the digital images is sort it's, of yeah, well, yeah, yeah, not yeah. so interesting anymore uh, for me right now. But it's it's interesting what happens with pictures now. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, with Instagram, I mean, there's a billion pictures uploaded every exactly. day. Exactly. just you know, yeah, and and. And I appreciate all of them, you know, yeah. all of these. Like I've put, look, I even look at advertisements, and I'll be like, "Wow, yeah. what a nice composition!" Well, that's also a thing, you know. The advertising crept crept in, into Instagram now mm. too, and and you know, I, one thing I start to understand more in the world is like, yeah, who pays for what and why, right? Mm-hmm. And these and these kind of uh, and. So yeah, I do look at the at the advertisements too because I think, yeah, shit, this is part. You know, I'm. We're, mm. we're able to use this tool to spread whatever our egos, our ideas, our pictures, our our hopes, or or whatever. Yeah. And and you know, and we're not willing to pay for it anymore. So where does the money come from, right? And which is interesting. Uh, uh, I'm I'm very fascinated by this idea that that is. Uh, uh, commercialism or this advertising creeps into everything all the time yeah. you know it's like almost like a default you know like when podcasting came out you nobody had advertising and now you know like huh, yeah everybody. people are advertising or products well in you the, can make a reasonable living uh, of it yeah, yeah. If you, as soon as you have more than a hundred thousand downloads you can make a living of it mm. yep yeah. i mean uh i think google is doing a bad thing when when all these youtube videos are you know are featured with uh, uh 15 second videos first yeah. it, it it makes me sort of I think about it three times before I check whatever link people send me or or yeah. or if I want to go on YouTube at all yeah it's yeah, really it it, uh, it absolutely uh, uh, well what I uh, on YouTube I only watch specific channels and then <laughs> I know what I watch but the, the I think the much more annoying part is kind of that it starts suggesting stuff Mm. So and I I want to discover stuff. I don't want to have stuff I already like and know because that I already like and know. Right, right. Right. I want to. Yeah, I mean the whole digital world is is uh, is is tuned into your preference mm. of your preferences. Yeah. It's like like I don't see any posts on Facebook regarding because last week Britain sort of opted the uh, choose or the public yeah, choose against the EU like they are leaving the EU. The Brexit. The Brexit. Mm. And uh, I don't know a single person who's a, who's pro the the Brexit, you know. Yeah. Who, but but they did vote to leave. But I don't know any people. I have no idea. And Facebook doesn't feed any mm. any any people or statements r- supporting the Brexit yeah. in my way. But well, there are fifty two percent who did. Yeah. But the interesting part is that that older people all voted for out, and all the younger people, I think it was seventy percent who. T- wanted to stay in so it's it's the older retired people who, who want to get out yeah but for whatever reason hmm. and and the other question i think they got asked afterwards okay what is the consequences going to be when you're out and basically nobody really knew yeah so um, but that's you know the voting in general i'm, I'm reading in, in uh, an interesting blog by by scott adams okay he, the, the guy who draws dilbert yeah okay and he has a he has a blog where he talks about persuasion a lot 
and uh, about Trump and you know how he's such a skilled pers persuader, but also kind of how that how that relates to the whole choosing stuff. And and uh, he claims also that we as humans we um, uh, we don't make rational choices; we make emotional choices. And uh, and I fear that is quite true. Mm. I mean, you know, when you want something. Uh, it's very seldom you sit down and really see, okay, do I really need it? Uh, do, does it improve my life? And does it, I don't know how many points does it improve it? And uh, so, yeah. no, uh, you know, this is a nice thing. I just want to have it. You're right. And also because we, this goes back to the, to the, to how all the social media emphasizes your uniqueness. Mm. It also means that when we make up our mind about something, it's very hard to change that mind mm. because we all think we are sort of very very clever uh, and that we know the best we know the right thing uh, so <laughs> it's a hard time changing people's minds when they want to leave eu or yeah, yeah. or whatever well it, it's it's about persuading them yeah you know either but if they got angry way. about something you know if yeah. people experience some kind of like inefficiency mm. with the bureaucracy yeah. with the current bureaucracy or some politician mm. they're not going to go back and support that person they're going to be personally sort of yeah. provoked yeah. and angry at that person yeah. Yeah. and this is why probably you know the british government right now you know the current government in any country always loses a little bit when they start running the you know operation mm. obama also yeah. lost when yeah. he was dur during his presidency he was losing support during the presidency yeah because people were sort of annoyed at the people in power yeah, because they expect that you know miracles gonna happen, everything's gonna change, yeah. and that's and that, the truth is, you know, uh, it's the same when you get a kid. You think, oh, now the world's gonna be completely different. No, it's not. You still, still yeah. you, still the same things, still same things need to be done, still the same desires are there. And you got you know got a small creature yeah. running around extra, right? That's so things don't change that drastically. Mm. They never do, and and they and mm. which is a good thing, I think too. But. But yes. both the election in in Britain about the EU and the elections in the US about wh which way we might see Trump uh, the same sentiments you know yeah but it's all yeah it's people people are sick of bureaucracy and politicians mm. that's why they're voting against any mm. look or for the most uh, exciting funny thing yeah entertaining thing yeah. rather than the serious yeah. politician and that's the problem but that's also a message to 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 the bu bu bureaucrats mm. you know. Uh, start informing the public what you're doing yeah. you know start be open about what you do and because that's a that's i think a big shift what what is happening i think the big shift is that everything is out in the open mm, mm. you know and and that's why scientists having trouble now and uh, yeah because suddenly people decide not to vaccinate their kids because they you know yeah. same reason same reason because, and that's uh, and that is also the scientist is to blame that because they don't communicate well Mm. They don't tell like, hey, this is the risks, this is the pro uh, pro things, this is the research, and and explain it in in in, in ways that uh, how I say the public can understand and accept and and can have a dialogue with that. You know, it's also that we can Google everything, so we think we understand the the really complicated things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, mm. I I have a, I have had this uh, strange sort of. Uh, realization the last many or many over the last many several years that i feel like my head like i used to have more i used to be more opinionated and more mm. clear mm. and these days i feel like 
I am more and more uncertain about everything and just enjoying life and and enjoying art and my work my work used to be more dogmatic yeah now my work is even more ex- weird and out there and experimental and going in different directions and I'm I've also had some time where I made less public work yeah. or, or less work I published less of the work I I showed less of the work I did yeah. more certain large scale projects and less shows for a while yeah which means that my work was more even got more experimental on my own yeah and uh, my mind is like more and more sort of uh, I feel I feel like I'm not getting more s- certain about anything you know mm-hmm. uh, regarding life and uh, art but and whatever as artists we're in a very fortunate position mm-hmm. where, where that is accepted where that is you yeah. know, where there's a room for that and where there's a, yeah. say, a thinking space but also a physical space and an acceptance mm. of everybody around you right mm-hmm because and and because I do feel the same thing I I know less and less and I've, I feel <laughs> I have to start over every bloody day again yeah. and I wonder how I get anything done or how I ever got anything done yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah so I think it's really a strength but it's 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 very very scary for a lot of people yeah you know what you kind of you mean jump uh, into that uncertain uncertainty yeah, yeah. You know, and to jump into that that acceptance of of chaos or whatever whatever it is but i think uh, from looking at looking at so much art occasionally occasionally i'll, I'll you know i'll see the shows and stuff mm-hmm. and then throughout the years i've just learned to sort of not look at every show and think that I'm, i should get it all mm-hmm. or that i should make an opinion about i should that i should have a definite opinion about it if it's good mm-hmm. or bad I, I more i watch art and enjoy art as something that's weird like i said earlier in the beginning that i go and see something i might not expect i don't know what to expect mm-hmm. i go and see it just to sort of be entertained and to yeah. and inspired and not have to sort of make up my mind about it right there and then it's not like i'm a critic you know yeah and that's why like, i've done a lot of things in the art world except cri- uh, being writing a critic, yeah. being a critic yeah. because um and i but i'm i i think i'm fairly good at communicating artworks that i like you know mm. like but I don't have the need to sort of, you know, if I don't like it, it might be that I don't get it. Yeah. You know, it's not. Well, not even, not even that. I think even it can also just you don't like it because you know it just not lies in your interest field of interest. Yeah. Because I sometimes don't like a world, but I th- still think it's a good work. Exactly. That's what's so yeah. important to be able to understand that it's a good work, even if you don't like it. Mm. I I also I can I'm I I, I claim that I would say I claim to be able to do the same mm. thing. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, but also, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know it's like uh, trees. Art is like trees. Like you, you mm. don't look at every tree. Oh, I'm gonna have the. Oh. Hola. 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 Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Don't worry, you're on the on the air now, uh, Monk. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm Jan. Hi. Hi. So, so, so there's a little, you know, some people passing by here. Yeah, that, that's why I like Juan work on his way to the studio. Uh, that's what I like. You know, having a podcast in the studio. Yeah, these things yeah. happen. You know, the train comes by. The things. I, I like this. Cool. It doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah, uh, that's when you check your news and see what's going on in the uh, news now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> on my uh, my paper pad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. uh, yeah. Where were we? We were at. 
at the uncertainty of life and everything. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah no, that's always happened when some um, when somebody walks by. I feel like when I I feel like like when I when I when you have an interview like this that that I would be able to sort of say something that I don't know about myself. Yeah. Or that you know, let's say your. Well, girlfriend. that would be my job to kind of get that yeah, out of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so maybe. I but I feel like let's job, let's then. say my girlfriend now would be listening to this. Yeah. She would say, "I know all of this already." Yeah. That's yeah. I, I feel like that's how transparent that's, i am in a way it's but that's also bad. that's also tricky to think because i have the same thing like you know i i feel like i repeat myself over and right, over yeah. again and uh, and but uh, and you probably do which is it's not a problem but uh, yeah you always hope that you say something different every mm. time or be somebody else every time but yeah. you know that's not the case you know and uh, but people people i think people pick up something anyways something i didn't know <laughs> Yeah, I just don't want to repeat myself so much. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. But it's, I want to stop. Talk I need to stop talking about the you know the internet yeah. and digital media and digital tools. But the funny also. thing is, you know, this is all. This is, but these conversations are very important. I, you know, I have it with many people. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is not something. You know, this is the first time we. Talk. This is. Yeah, it comes up with there a lot of people. Yeah. 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 So this is this is something which is you know which we are going through as yeah. as a society, and we have to kind of find a way because it it is new technologies which are shaping our existence yeah. and our reality, and 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 I think that these are very important things to kind of yeah it's talk them over and over and over until we come to a point where we say oh yeah now we can actually move on to something. Yes, it's like you know when when we because we we both we were born before computers were, we're available last, to everyone. We're the last generations. Yeah. I think the computers. I mean, our neighbors had a computer when I was a kid. We did. We started having computers in the house like after '95, mm. basically. Yeah. Right? And then. Uh, so these days, any artist, every artist has like, access to a computer and those tools. Yeah. And that's gonna affect art in the future. You know, yeah. this is. So we are living at this. Uh, well, it is order, already. Order. I, I mean, being an artist, what it means now and ten years ago, kind of already doesn't yeah. isn't the same anymore no, no. i mean what you s said earlier about trying to teach students kind of the you know the possibilities of these you know 3d tools or something like something like that you know this uh you can't it's very hard for for the artist to you know stick his head in the sand and just mm. be in be an island or whatever you want mm. to call it you know to be uh i just do drawings i don't understand computers i don't understand the world i just do drawings you know you you it's very hard to get away with it. Mm. While like 20, 30, 30 years ago, you know, you, you could be discovered as like something yeah. weirder. But this discovering, you know, like everybody's discovering stuff all the time. Yeah. So there is no big discoveries anymore. There's only small discoveries. Yeah. You know, there's not this like, oh, wow, this is, you know, and even the new best thing, you know, oh, as soon as it comes around, we can categorize it, we can read it, we can uh, uh, understand it on a completely different level than before. It doesn't mm. teach us that much new. Mm -hmm. I guess you know, and so 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 the role of the artist and the other thing you know what you know one thing I keep repeating is that that uh, art has been so successful. All those kind of strategies of thinking of expressing itself have uh, you know they're uh, they they've been so successful that they can be in, they are integrated almost instantly. You know, as soon as somebody formulates something new, like an advertising firm can kind of pick it up or music video can be mm. be you know i mean there's 
mm. now and again it comes in news that a big art a music musician kind of ripped off some or used some youtube sensation or some 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 mm. unknown artist kind of thing right so the strategies you know which were very unique you know in the development of modernism and and postmodernism yeah. and, and before all these things you know uh, it doesn't mean the same thing anymore because mm. it's instantly integrated yeah yeah so the speed so so what do you do as an uh, so we basically want go under our own success you know we kind of uh, uh, so what do you do as an artist if that you know that is not the goal anymore if that's not the the aim or the the direction anymore right and i think we haven't really figured it out yet you know we're we're, we're flirting with kind of you know the commercial side of it that's much more acceptable and like i mean you're you're absolutely a product of that too where you diversify so incredibly you yeah know, you mm. you curate you do public uh, public works you do um, exhibitions uh, you cur- do exhibitions yeah. you yeah uh, uh, you curate you sit in in committees in committees yeah. you board work board memberships yeah yeah so you, you organization Mm. You're you're as diversified as it possibly can, right? Yep, and, and teach. Yeah, and teach. Uh, yeah. So yeah, because I guess I the, the, the that that kind of diversi- diversification is came out of me, you know, uh, just wanting to learn new things. Mm-hmm. And I was I I yeah I enjoy making art, but I also enjoy meeting people and mm-hmm. meeting artists and mm-hmm. learning about. Uh, different things so mm-hmm. yeah for example I'm also meeting young artists mm-hmm. uh, as, as students already as students it's, it's very interesting mm-hmm. and you and you really when you when you teach you really realize how how what how, how different these generations are yeah even if we are all artists they yeah. we have very different references and uh, interests yeah yeah no and 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 just the access of information and of, of research and and I mean, so the artist now is really something else, mm. and I don't think we have really formulated what that is and what that. Uh, yeah, and the diversification. I mean, for me, it goes the same thing. You know, I curate. I don't. Mm. I'm not as diversified as you, but you know, I do a podcast. I do shows. I'm mm. starting on public commissions now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, but also it's also strategy to survive. You know, since since the galleries kind of pulling their funding funding back right yeah or there are at least certain scenes there are less galleries yeah there's less galleries they pull the, you know like uh, first they would kind of uh, uh, often uh, um, I say fund you fund mm. the production you know fund the catalog uh, uh, you know do all all these kind of things and now you know if you want a catalog you have to do it yourself because you, you as an artist it's easier to get the funding whatever or whatever reasoning there is behind but yeah so yeah, it's, uh, it's so there's a lot of flux there too. So, well, the, the gallery discussion is a, that's a big discussion. That's I mean when you, when you talk about that less galleries, it's might be certain scenes there are less galleries. You know certain places mm-hmm. like there are n- by no there is there are not less galleries in Berlin. You know there's no. still more yeah. galleries than ever, but the galleries are changing also there. You know yeah. somehow that's become a more of a commercial scene and. In Berlin, which used to be a really, you know, different, diverse yeah. art scene, yeah. uh, and uh, but I think that hap- that's because of globalization and uh, travel and uh, you know e- economic, uh, f- yeah. What do you say? The U- yeah, 
people can easily yeah and the access to places and information is, is yeah is of course incredibly yeah. uh, open so so but it's in certain art scenes or certain places like the galleries are not so important to the artists anymore mm. they are also only catering to a few artists and an art mm. market mm. that is always a little bit behind mm. from the artist's perspe perspective behind from you what's know. happening yeah mm. like you know sometimes collectors aren't always able to sort of mm. follow the discussion or mm. and but i think i think i mean personally i think the discussion also got very complicated because you know i mean there's not you know i mean we passed that long ago i guess there's not one discussion anymore you mm. know, there's no not one trend there's not one there's so many stuff happening all the time at all levels and all mm. you know so so and and i think the art world is actually uh, i mean artists often are the most conservative people <laughs> really not true, capable true, of of, yeah. of change that fast is that you know uh, uh i do really see a different role of the artist but i i, I don't really can i can't really formalize it's that. almost like the artists as you said like they are conservative and when artists develop their their expression or means of expression and style whatever you call it mm. They are. It's almost like the artists themselves think that they're gonna. They need to preserve this and mm. and and stay in a mm. work in a certain way. To mm. it's like this old-fashioned idea of, of your brand, you mm. know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but maybe that's not so. I don't th think about that very much, actually. I. No, I mean the remark you made earlier is that uh, you have experienced that uh, a lot of people find it difficult to place your work. Mm. Uh, I. I see that very, you know, when I was looking at your work, I, I do see that, but I do see it's your work somehow, you know, so I'm looking more for m meta, mm -hmm. meta coherence, mm -hmm. you know, where there's, where there's a, a certain sensibility, a certain approach, certain kind of, yeah, you know, th that's also part of these conversations to kind of mm -hmm. pick people's brain and see kind of where that met meta is, mm -hmm. you know, where all these kind of elements come together in s a certain things. Which isn't necessarily so much related to the artworks itself yeah. anymore, mm. you know. But it's more related to kind of what kind of, what kind of constellation is the artist actually, mm. you know, mm. and, and what kind of what are kind of, uh, uh, yeah, what kind of spaces do they have access to? What kind of uh, logistics do they have access to? And kind of how, how is the art kind of that is produced? You know, why is that produced? You know, and, and mm. trying to determine kind of the. Yeah, and the I I I, I tend to think that I wish the galleries would would be would do more daring curating. You know, mm. that galleries would be more interested in in. What what would be daring curating for you? Uh, I just curated a show on my uh, myself mm. basically for Projectum Normans in Stavanger mm. called Defaced, and uh, where I brought together a lot of artists and uh, the keyword was basically the the idea of portraiture. Mm. you know but in very diverse very different different expressions mm -hmm. uh, so I was bringing together artists that really you would never see together in other situations or and that um, you wouldn't yeah people it's a show that basically I don't see anyone in the institution would have put up mm. because it would have been a stretch in so many ways mm. But it still wasn't as I'm very proud of it and mm. very happy with it. And it's the kind of curating I would like to see more people do, mm. or galleries, and or institutions. But it's just like put together artworks for the you know look at the artworks, 
put them together, put them next to each other, make mm. them affect each other. Mm. Don't think about what the artist intended. Yeah, yeah. Just fuck around with it, <laughs> you know? Saw, I saw this comic coming by. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know where I <laughs> but, uh, you know, what, what, the, what the, uh, the critic uh, means and what the author means, you know? The mm. tree is blue. You know, and the the critic or the t- uh, teacher, I think, was there. Oh, he means like there's a there's a sadness to what a lot of life. What the author means, it's fucking blue. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so and there's there is a lot of that. Yeah. So, because I, you know, of course there are shows with the, just a lot of random work, which I, I would like to see more like well prepared texts about the shows from mm-hmm. the curators, mm-hmm. but also. Uh, I don't want to see biennials anymore. I don't want to see Berlin, the Berlin biennial. I don't want to see these huge mega biennials, the Venice mm. biennial. Okay, the Venice biennial is probably still a good biennial, but the Venice biennial is actually just a group of solo shows. Yeah. Uh, a lot and, of solo yeah. shows next to each other. Yeah. yeah. And then one big group show in the Italian yeah. pavilion. Yeah. But it's... So that's that's the unique thing about the Venice biennial. Yeah. And the Documenta somehow has, you know, got away with it for a while. You know, it's been not so bad. Yeah. But uh, these shows, you know, there's an inflation of monster shows. Yeah, monster shows all over the world, and yeah. and the art fairs are sometimes even better. You know, they're just like more interesting sometimes mm-hmm. because in, there at least there is no context except the market. Yeah, and there are just there's a certain pieces. honesty to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why I can enjoy art Basel just. For the you know, f- and I'm able to look at the, every work on their own. There. I really enjoy art fairs. I really yeah. I, uh. <laughs> This is so interesting because, like, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you wouldn't be, able, you wouldn't have said that without being, no, you I, know, head chopped, got your head chopped off by the artwork. No, I would have said that. that you would have said yeah, that. I, back I, I said well. it. Good. Uh, not I would. I ten, saw ten years ago. Yeah, uh. that was the last time I was at Art uh. Basel. I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, maybe no. Maybe it was one time later. But mm. no, I. I but I I do like it for its quirkiness and its awkwardness and mm. its weirdness of of this accumulation of art and redistribution of art and uh, yeah and uh, stuff yeah. So so this is why these biennials just like they they are not doing anything good for the artists because well, the artists Oslo is getting one now. <laughs> yeah, it is happening. Yeah, it's, the pilot Oslo pilot is is happening. It's turning into a biennial. Uh, that's the idea at least. Okay. Well. But at least the the pilot, the Oslo pilot project has has been sort of a. It hasn't been the usual kind of biennial on this yeah. itself. No, but I think I think they're trying to rethink it also, to mm. kind of not just put a biennial up, but if we put a biennial, what, what you know, what what would make sense? What would be an addition? What would be a, a development? Yeah. At the same time, like what about the Bergen Assembly? What's that's that's kind of they've had a different approach this year with uh, different venues all throughout the year mm. or different shows. Mm. There's been a couple of Linda Bengley's installations and stuff for, and it's it's kind of but, but so that 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 to me the triennial by I mean sorry the assembly the Bergen assembly, mm. it just doesn't come off as that kind of show at all. It just didn't have to be the assembly, or, yeah. to me in my opinion. But uh, maybe there's also just too much art. Right, that's yeah. true. I mean, we have to look in. We have to be a little critical to to our, our yeah. to the <laughs> to, our, on our, to ourselves. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> uh, that's a dangerous dangerous Statement. road to go. But but uh, uh, no, but I mean, where's the saturation point? Right. Mm. 
and and I think we are on some kind of saturation point because uh, um, uh, because as an artist on a fundamental level, I do believe we really miss some kind of uh, uh, purpose or you know purpose that mm-hmm. you know before in the old days you had the church which defined purpose and God and all that kind of stuff and and you know then came modernism and and you know starting with whatever the impressionist or whatever they the first ones were the, there were a lot of isms uh, following each know, other whenever the ism started <laughs> and stuff like that you know where where the individual became became the most important uh, brand or yeah. Uh, but we ran through that course also, and, and now I don't know. There's uh, what we just got, what we talked about earlier. There, there is something off. Yeah. And there, you know, and it, and. I guess I also feel like the, the media, like information, moves so fast. There's so many opinions mm. in the in the, in the media, in you know, world media, local media. Uh, and then, of course, the digital media, mm. uh, and it's hard to be an artist and say anything when everything is sort of, you know, discussed f- as it goes mm. immediately, and then we're done with it. Next, next political disaster. What is it? Yeah, wipes wipes it off the, uh, uh, of the map uh, again. So, because maybe a few years ago, you could like you could sit down, you could think about it, and then you could make an artwork about something, and it would still be relevant. Yeah, but now it's. It's it's hard, you know. It's, I I I I I felt I was I was really thinking about this clo- very in detail when I was invited to do the uh, art project for Uslo S just yeah. after uh, just after the the yeah. murders uh, of Anders Bering Anders Bering Breivik, yeah. where I was asked to do a pro- public artwork at Uslo S, the central station. Yeah, with the the, the yeah. matchstick. The matchstick that was yeah. half burned. I I made that as a you know I photographed that half burned matchstick. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I had I had a three months or something to do the work. Yeah. Two months to do the work and then one work one work for the one month for the production. Yeah. Uh, so I had to think about this for two months while I was reading the newspapers about the the aspects of these actions, you know, and the effect of his actions on yeah. society. And and then it was almost like, you know, everybody in the, of you know, every academic in Norway and the wor- half the world probably mm. had something to say about what happens to society and why people do this, or, mm. you know, on all kinds of levels from art to psychology to law mm. um, and other aspects of it, I guess. Mm. Because uh, this, was, this was truly shocking f- to to the Norwegian society. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there was a. But of course, I mean, I felt I, what, one thing. I felt feel is like th- there are there is terror every every day yeah. somewhere. There is somebody murdered in Iraq. But to to or say it really, uh, you know, it's probably the wrong wording. But you know, there's a there's a level of entertainment in that. Yeah, dangerous, know? huh? It's dangerous. There's a level of oh, we're part of the yeah. group now. Huh. Oh, we're you know and. I, I do because I, I I was in the states. The first time I was in the states was before nine eleven, and then I was after nine so, eleven. Yeah. And and the country changed, and actually to the better because they suddenly realized, hey, oh, there's a world out there. Mm. Let's be nice to these people. And uh, and they didn't treat them so not well though. Before, before, <laughs> or, before. Or, no, okay. before it was really kind of America was <laughs> the only reality. Mm. And then suddenly they understand. Oh yeah, no, there's realities out there, and that. Yeah, that yeah but they're still alone, afraid of the world outside. M- most of them most, aren't. Okay, yeah. Most, I mean, all the people I meet aren't yeah, afraid. No, I agree. Yeah. 
you know this that's and that's the funny thing because the media distorts kind of our perceptions to mm. such a di- big degree because they need to sell you know they're not yeah. in the business of news they're in the business of selling mm. selling news yeah you know and that's a di- that, and that's a small difference mm. but it's very essential because they're in the business of selling news and how how to sell news you know you sell it by fear by you know by interest you know by mm. by a certain key points whatever you know and you yeah. don't sell news by you know stating the facts yeah uh, uh, uh. yeah also maybe that's because art really gets the attention of the media unless it's something silly you know mm. because it's like uh, I don't know it's we don't we're not al- yeah, we, or we are not able maybe to, to express ourselves clearly enough I don't know but it's but that's we we are able to express mm. ourselves clearly but we do it through our works and mm. those are you know and what we express is and should be maybe also not kind of you know that's not always kind of transferable in a one-liner mm, you know? mm. it's not transferable in because because news is like graffiti these days yeah you know? it needs to be catchy one-liners yeah but okay yeah. i've done my fair share of one line one line artworks though i yeah I've, but as soon as you put it in the art context okay yeah. you know it it gets different already mm-hmm. you know, sure it's, sure it's not, yeah it's not you walking by a wall and doing you know it's you spending time negotiating the space negotiating the time negotiating the yeah. logistics to do this and uh, uh, for example your piece uh, the dutch piece the french dutch yeah yeah piece, yeah you know? the uh, sluit je ogen yeah sluit je ogen sluit je ogen sluit je ogen en uh, verbeeld je kunst verbeeld je kunst, verbeeld je kunst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so pardon my flemish uh, <laughs> <or> dutch yeah <laughs> No, but I mean they were communicating with each yeah, other, yeah. Right? and you know there. So there's. Thanks for mentioning that work. Uh, and uh, so, so even though it uses the graffiti and stuff mm. like that, you know there's so, still there's other layers going on as well. Yeah. And there's other, and you've been you know, you've been asked to do this, mm. you know, instead of that you do mm. it, and. But and I made of course, it, yeah, I made it po- look like an like vandalism in a way. Mm. I put up that text mm. on the street in the street. Which mm. means uh, close your eyes and imagine art, mm. but it looks like vandalism. Yeah, but it's very big. Yeah, it's very big. It's like a building, building. Yeah. Line. yeah. Uh. No, but uh, 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 so you know, having a clear, precise message and a one-liner. You know, one-liner with a one-liner. I mean, it's like kind of you know you, uh, 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 you know, like a headline. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and the headline is just to draw you in. It's just to kind of sell the paper, mm. sell the news. Mm. And uh, hmm. so, and and art, you know, art is and maybe shouldn't be in that realm, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That you mean By the way, in the news? Do you want of this, those? I'm I'm okay. Or is it? Yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. It. It's more like. Um, yep. Let's try the Sagene Lys Øl. Brewed with love. Brewed with love, yes. That's, that's always good. Cheers. It's after 12, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, man. It's, <laughs> mm. it's tastes like the Radler. Radler, you know, Radler. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, know. I lived there. I lived quite a while in Germany. Right. Well, as a kid, but I came back as a... It smelled like Radler, but it didn't taste maybe like a. It's it's probably between that and uh, and a Corona, mm, mm. something in between. 
Mm. Mm. Um, but where were we? Yeah, there. Yeah. Because I've, yeah, you know, we all read the news every day, and I read the news, and I think, wow, okay, this is interesting. Is there something we can touch upon? And then there's some more news, new news. You know. I stopped. I stopped reading the news. That's a good thing. A long time ago, what we as a kid, we were all doing paper rounds, and we had five different papers in the house every day. Oh wow! And I read all of them, you know, for a time, just yeah. reading all of them. And basically, what you find out, there is no news. It's the yeah. same story over and over and over again. And that means, okay, well, then we don't get ahead with the news. Then I don't have to pay. And the other thing is, if you if you pay attention to it, you give it energy. And then you give it legitimacy. 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 Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not against the news at all. Uh-huh. You know, but I think, and, and because the really important things, you find out anyways, because people will tell you. Yeah, what's interesting regarding the art scene, the go back to, going back to art, is that I, I was, you know, for years I subscribed to Art Forum Freeze, Parquet, yeah. and the what, local... Yeah. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. And uh, I was reading it, you know, vivid, you know, and it was very engaged. Yeah. But then at, at some point there was no time for, to read all this all the time. Yeah. But then I, and I, I would still re- uh, subscribe and it still pile up and uh, I would flip through them occasionally. Realizing that I I somehow learned all of these things through my friends or through seeing so a lot of the shows myself, you know, yeah. or somehow I don't know. Even, I think the internet took over as well. Like yeah. information just flew my way via other means of distribution. Yeah, and but but the uh, other thing is also with magazines mm-hmm. is that that you also outgrow them in a way. You know, I I have one 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 magazine I subscribe to is Fine Woodworking. <laughs> that's the only one I subscribe to and I you know I every time I'm I, every time I read it I'm disappointed not because it's not a great magazine it's a great magazine but I know all this stuff right I, I know how to do make a tenon I know how to make a blind dovetail I know how to <laughs> put a table together and you know and 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 now and again there's a small small thing oh that's a smart thing but you know not actually enough to and, yeah and the same goes for these art magazines is that you? Yeah, you you do know it. And but the other thing, the the danger I think with art magazines is that you know before you know it, you get your inspiration from there. Right. You know, and I think uh-huh. that's very. As, as an artist, you should read everything but art. Well, yeah. well, we we with our opinions probably differ there because I remember back going back to the my sort of attitude of seeing shows. Uh-huh was I remember art students and artists who said, I'm not going to go see all these shows because I don't want to know what's going no, on. seeing shows is something else. Okay. Cause that, that is, because, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page because okay. I think it's very important. One reason why in the Netherlands they lost like a quarter of their, their funding. Yeah, I year heard about that. Yeah. It's because, you know, as, as I experienced it, you know, we were running this, this mid-career art show. We had an academy uh, in town, huh. right? And we were happy we had, 20, 30 people at the opening. Wow. It was a huge space. And it was embarrassing. Huh. Yeah. You because know, people don't show up for the shows. They don't even show the artists up for themselves. their own shows. Yeah. You know, and as soon as you're not going to see what your colleagues are doing, you know, why should anybody else fund it? You know? Yeah, that's... that's. And that was so great coming here and, you know, uh, you know coming to a show was packed and people were engaged and mm. people were, you know, it was like a scene going on. It was like super exciting. And, mm. and so supporting... 
uh, shows, you know, going there, you know, because there's a lot of people say, oh, I, I don't like to go to shows because it's a very awkward, it can be a very awkward thing. Mm. It can be the best night of your life and can be kind of, you know, the most destroying experience because mm. you know, mm. we go, we go in so engaged, right? Mm. And it's really, uh, and it's really funny because you meet the same people over and over again, but each show has its own character, and people yeah. behave, behave in different ways. Yeah, and there are a little bit different groups around different galleries, yeah. and yeah. but I have this strange sensation that I, when I go to exhibitions and there are artists there, I might not know them very well, but I feel like I know them all, and they yeah. are family. Yeah, and yeah. I can relax. Yeah, this is like. Yeah. They, that, that that is the that is the best feeling, and but you don't always have that, you know. And it also depends. I mean, you're a fairly successful artist, so you know, that also kind of uh, gives you that access more. You know, I don't know if it's really if I am that successful that way that it does. I'm not sure. No, but but it, it, what I mean is that uh, you're 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 not insecure about your position within the art. All right. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and especially if you're a young artist, you're starting out. You know that mm -hmm. can be very daunting. You know That's all these true. people who have big careers and doing all these kind of stuff, having shows after each other, and you come there as like a student or whatever, and you're you're trying to get in, and everybody's just kind of you know. But I guess you know, successful artists are still paranoid. Yeah, <laughs> That's, we, that could be this own discussion probably. You know, all these stories and people, you know, people break down. People have terrible times. And, uh, people, you know, absolutely. People. No, but that, 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 you know, like, mm. like, it really is important. Kind of what kind of attitude you bring to the, mm. to the openings. But I think even, uh, you don't need to go to openings, maybe, but go to shows then. If you, if okay, you, yeah. uh, mm. if you, if you, if you really feel too uncomfortable in, 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 in these opening settings, yeah. you know, go to openings. You know, take a couple of friends and go to openings. You know? mm -hmm. So I think that's, a, but that's a real experience. You know, mm. reading a magazine is is uh, uh, not a real experience as such you know you don't you, yeah. you just you get the information but you don't get this uh, but it, but it is i i know some i have i know a couple you know i know some critics and uh, and i know somebody who writes reviews you know major reviews and mm -hmm. who don't see the shows even mm -hmm. he's able to write the reviews based on pictures yeah and he does pretty well at it yeah uh, communicating the essence of the shows, or, or he's at least he's really going deep into the material or mm -hmm. the you know the, the framework, and then presents these shows in a very interesting ways actually. Yeah, but this person he has done the rounds. Yes, of you know? course, yes. So after a while, the same thing you know with true, with true. the woodworking magazine. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't have to read it anymore. Okay, yeah, you know? yeah. Mm. And because you have you have internalized all these layers, you know you know the space, you know the types of space, you know the types of work, you know mm. you see it from much further away, mm -hmm. right? Because that's right. Mm. Uh, when your skills develop, you kind of yeah, you, you can create a bigger overview. Yeah, it's also like why I wish in a way I because I'm not able to go see all the shows either. Mm. Uh, or you know, I mean, it's basically I see more try to see shows in Berlin and Oslo mm. and uh, but I wish more people would just like share online you know share like just Instagram whatever you like or yeah. don't and also don't like yeah just share it like people are thinking too much and it, I would because I want to see these shows I don't fucking care if they like them or not but yeah, don't like them. Just if they're happens, there yeah. just share it mm. so that I can just Google uh, easily not even Google I can see it on my yeah, on feed, a hashtag yeah. feed yeah. like maybe there's a f hashtag called 
Oslo openings or Berlin openings, and then yeah. all the shows are just like there, and I can scroll yeah, through. Andre Gali did a good job with his Gali uh, block in the early yeah, days. He did a. He was re- sort of he revolutionized certain you know something in the digital media of the art yeah. scene in Norway. Yeah. With the Gali block was very very interesting. Yeah. I think people didn't realize it until they looked back at uh, it. I I come I I I thanked him for it even you when did? he was running. Good. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think it was. Uh, it's amazing, and I really miss something like that. Yeah, moment. it's kind. Of, yeah, I know, and uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's why the podcast. I, I do the podcast to have mm. a slow version of that. Mm. You know, you have like a little mm. long version where you kind of, uh, uh. where it's not about the work, but a bit more about the artist and more about. Yeah, I, I kind of like how Andre Gali came from the outside in a way. He was sort of an art history student, or not even an art history student. He was some yeah. kind of art university student. Yeah. Uh, and then he got into the art scene because it was a nice place in a way. It was yeah. fun, fun and to then, hang out. Yeah, and he, he because he did sport his digital camera. He shot a lot of pictures, and yeah. then he had a blog. And then yeah. before he knows it, he's in, in suddenly in the ca- academic discourse. Yeah, you know, he published a Kunstforum, and yeah. then he publishes books these days, and he works for uh, the National Crafts Organization these days. Yeah. And he did a very nice job establishing the website for the that organization. Yeah. Excuse me. And um, so that's that's cool. I like this how somebody can, you know, come in and not not even from the sort of art institutions, mm-hmm. you know, but he can be sort of very powerful, powerful and influential. And he helped fuse the arts, the the, the craft scene and the design scene. Yeah, which is something because I studied crafts yeah. as a ceramic art student, and this is something that the, the the crafts always struggled with. You know how to get taken seriously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think with Andre Gali, single-handedly sort of uh, helped uh, fuse these scenes, mm-hmm. and now made more crafts crafts artists able to work in the design field mm-hmm. because some of them fit better there in a way yeah, yeah that's uh, the funny thing with the arts and crafts is that they yeah they they go they have three three ways they can go they can go to the artistic side they can stay on the craft side or they can go to the design side mm. which is a or they can go unemployed yes and the fourth <laughs> side <laughs> but that we can all mm. uh, no but I, I think yeah and I, I think it's a very pity because because somehow I, I, I you know I'm I really deeply appreciate crafts and stuff like that, but mm. I have, you know, like one of the discussions I've been following, you know, from my Dutch background is that I don't think, because back in the days, designers were doing more and more art projects, you know, we're starting to show galleries, selling, you know, yeah, pieces yeah. of furniture for Especially in Dutch, in yeah. Holland, there was so much interesting design and the with yeah, very interesting artistic ideas. Yeah, and yeah. they were quite, quite, and but they were, so they were moving over to the art side, yeah. and you know I've been always very sick. You no, know, there's a distinct difference, mm. you know, and I think it's very important that there's a difference, you know, because I mean, uh, uh, for the designers it was a strategy, yeah, you know, because you know if you can sell your 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 uh, thing for a hundred thousand dollars instead of for you know twenty mm. two four thousand dollars because mm. you call it art, mm. of course you do it. Right, Mm-mm. but it doesn't mean you're an artist, you know, and it doesn't mean you know because there's a different approach, there's a different world, and I don't say you know, and uh, and I got really in trouble sometimes with some, per- especially with some designers. They were got really annoyed with me, and and but the real problem is is that they value art above design. You know, what the I mean? designers do. Yeah. Mm. So they they 
say, okay, art is the best, highest, whatever. You know, and mm. I, I don't see it like that. I think design, you know, mm-hmm. is as valuable as art, yeah? and and the crafts is as valuable as art. And and I don't really understand. Uh, uh, maybe maybe that's na- just naive, but I don't really understand how how they devalue their own practice, or why. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, well, the art art can be so much. You know, art can. It's just that. I guess even designers see how within the art scene, within the within the definition of art, mm. the you can do so much more. You know, different stuff. Mm. But people forget how you need to articulate and defend that. You need to really argue why mm. it's art. Mm. Uh, while designers can, they don't have to argue why a lamp is a lamp. Mm. It works. It, there's some light. Yeah, there's a switch probably. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> there's some well, electricity or some fluorescent stuff or light in the dark uh, yeah. stuff. Anything, yeah. So, and they don't, I don't see art designers often sort of, you know, talking in about the details of their lamp mm. or how that came about and or maybe... You know that that they're claiming that this chair is somehow revolutionary. Mm. There's, it's, it's always a company, mm. you know, uh, Vitra, mm. defend like promoting some chair. Like let's we have a new chair. Mm. It's not. It's not. That's not the way you talk about art. You know, no. you can't have Vitra arguing your artwork. No, that doesn't really work. No. Uh, so. Uh, no, and but I mean that's the thing. All these boundaries are very confusing these days, and that's also one reason why I, I think that uh, I try to be so precise with it because I think you know, and I don't mean that there's no gray areas. I don't mean that art can't be designed and design can't be. I don't say that, but I'm just saying you know it's 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 very helpful to know what you are, mm-hmm. you know, and as soon as you start pretending something else. And I think that's the the especially in, in Norway the craft uh, the craft direction mm. has a very problematic point because a lot of craft people I've been talking to they have kind of this this um, uh, minority complex yeah you know where they don't they don't really see the value they have actually yeah and I think that's very problematic but it is because they have not seen enough art mm. they need to see more art. If they did see more art, they would be able to relate to it, yeah. and then would be able to say, "This is the same thing that I do, or I do yeah. the same thing," or, yeah. and because they're sitting around discussing this th- yeah. without looking at art, yeah. that's why I think because that's the difference between me and my and my most of my fellow students. Mm-hmm. I just walked around and saw art exhibitions, and yeah. went to the academy for lectures, and at the Arch- school of architecture mm-hmm. for lectures, and I went back to the Institute of Ceramics, and I did ceramics. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I did all of it at the same time, mm. and uh, no, and that's where it gets interesting. You know, mm. you kind of, uh, that's what I'm trying to refer to is that you have to know who you are, mm. or, you know, what you are, and and because from there on, you can say, okay, this is not what I want to be. I actually want to be there, and then you, mm. you know, you develop your way into that direction. Yeah, and this is something on, on that note regarding my large scale projects. Uh, also with Marius Dahl is that when because I've met so many architects and and been involved in so many sort of engineering situation situations with engineers and yeah. project planners planners and stuff 
to me architecture doesn't seem so such a stretch anymore right. it's something i could really see myself working with you know in the well the, the 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 creative process of architect is 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 you know not that i think what a complicated part is kind of all the bureaucracy yeah. and all the rules and all that kind yeah. of stuff that's i think where so but i but i've really seen how architects they have to eat their you know eat the eat the dust repeatedly hmm. i mean as an artist i have different very i have very different uh I'm given a lot of freedom, you know, mm. but I'm also looking at these architects and realizing, okay, this, so this, these are the processes they need to be involved in and they need to deal with. Mm. I would like to try that as well mm. and you sort of, and try to face it. And, and as an architect, you have to, you have to, uh, like I said, eat a lot of dust, mm. bite, yeah. the, bite the sand, yeah. you know, bite the ground, yeah. whatever, face the, you know, face it and change it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I could see, you know, but they are, they are left with monumental pieces of work, you know, yeah. which are used by people, appreciated yeah. by by the society, yeah. uh, and that make a difference sometimes. You know, architecture can somewhere really they can change people's you know se- perception of themselves. I, you know, I, I I I've said it many times. You know, space is is the is the is it's the, the place. The, 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 <laughs> space is the place. Yeah. <laughs> It really is, you know, because it really determines everything, you know, mm. kind of, and your access to space, and and the funny, uh, like uh, some, um, I'm gonna uh, curate a show together with Merette now in October with three uh, three artist curators from um, Merette, which um, Mortensen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, from LA, and okay. three artist curators from here. Um, when, uh, so they were here he, one of them was here a while ago and he was, made a really interesting observation you know there's so much space here in Norway but there's actually no space hmm. and that's actually true because all the space is kind of determined there's no free space it's right. not like hey, I'm gonna, it's not like empty yards it's not like no because as soon as you want to build something you know there's millions involved mm-hmm. you know, millions of crowners right and there, there's hardly any kind of free space where you kind of just mm. you know Mm. And and uh, that's also my struggle here, because you know, like for us artists, you know, like I would like to have like a hundred square meter studio, maybe a two hundred square meter studio, mm-hmm. just so I could kind of develop the ideas I want to develop, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, and that's not very realistic here. Because yeah. actually, your, your head works in a different way in different spaces. Yeah. When you have a high ceiling or low ceiling. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So space really, and and that's also why I think it's so sad, especially this neighborhood, because there's little architecture. There's a lot of kind of engineers or whatever project planners mm. who, who make buildings and yeah, right. They just put up. A it's just an. It's just. It's just. A, I say a calculation. It's nothing more. It's like okay, how much, how much do we have to invest to get the most money out of it? Yeah, and we do as least as possible. And, yeah, and yeah. You know. Yeah, I saw this interesting documentary about the favelas or whatever you call it in Rio de, Rio de Janeiro mm. how uh, people because of the Olympic Games they are now you know raising these these, yeah, these the favelas, favelas. Yeah. and uh, but and people are really struggling to keep the favelas even though the government wants to build new houses for them so basically the, the government wants to build new houses so that they look nice yeah but the people who live there don't want the new houses, yeah. the new buildings. They want to live the way they had it. They put it up themselves. Well, the, the fu- the f- because it's 
their pers it's personal, you know. No, this I'm gonna say something really ugly now, but but yeah, no, this is I don't yeah I have to say it. Anyways. Should I say the beep? I'll, I'll, if, it, if it's really if it's really inappropriate, I'll cut it out. Yeah, but but that's also the thing, kind of the. Uh, no, I, I can say it in a way that it's not so so hurtful. But, but you know, when you have a studio, you know, and you don't fix it up. Yeah. As soon as you move to studio, you say, oh, I'll fix it up when I move to studio. You don't, because you have to start from scratch again. Mm. If you fix your studio up just before you move, you f you start on that level in your new studio. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I invested in all these kind of systems here, so I can easily transport them in a new system and have a have, have an environment as I want it. Mm -hmm. you know? And of course, it's never done and always kind of re develops further. But you know, I mean, I have something to start with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a good base. It's, it's like when I when I move, I've relocated my apartment several times mm -hmm. in Berlin and Oslo, and uh, I always make sure I paint up the place before I move in. My you know yeah. anything, yeah. I clean it out like you know I clean the floors I paint the walls I yep. sand whatever needs to be sanded paint it all up and then I move in because if I if I you don't you don't yeah you don't yeah that's the thing but to force yourself to kind of improve your thing and that's you know in Rio de Janeiro these people aren't that far yet you know they haven't kind of kind of sure of course they are out, uh, yeah because because to have a nice house to maintain a nice house, you know, you have to have certain logistics in place. Okay, now I get your your bad, yeah, your yeah. Why, why, yeah, you want to be careful about what you say. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I do do mean it in a very yeah, in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. but of I, course, this has to do with economy and education and stuff like that. These yeah. people are on the lowest range, you know, rank of, of society. That's, all, that's also this. Uh, yeah, they, they have not certain any routines chances. and certain systems and. Within these systems, that's what they're capable yeah, of, of yeah, realizing, yeah, and yeah. suddenly they have to deal with this thing which they don't know how to deal with. They don't know the consequences. They don't know the cost. They don't know right. these things. Of course, so they are pragmatic, a, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I, so. Yes, you're right about that. But it's also, I just, I was just maybe I was um, romantic about it, but mm. how that how people really appreciate what they have managed to do mm -hmm. and they want and, they, and they're happy about their you know well the, uh, there's also, absolutely that yeah. too because if you you know if you get a new house that doesn't feel the same as yeah. that you build a crappy one uh, yeah. it doesn't mean the same yeah and it's also standardized it's yeah. maybe it's even poor materials anyway yeah even if it's uh, yeah I mean there's tons of histories where kind of you know governments cut corners and suddenly you know, half the population is mm. sick because of it yeah so it's but when I go to Venice I could really see that city being refurbished a little bit. <laughs> there's, there's barely water coming out of this yeah. tap, and there's uh, it's flooding anywhere, like wherever you go, or yeah. it's certain. Uh, it's a sinking city. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's also. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, that's also my Dutch mentality because in the Netherlands you got so much people in such little space, mm. and. Uh, you have a lot of history, so you can't tear everything down. But they got really good at renegotiating space. Mm. Of saying, okay, we have this. You know, let's say we have a church. What we're we going to do with it? Mm. We're not going to put the church in it anymore. Uh, let's let's put an apartment in here, yeah. or let's put a museum in here, or let's let's rebuild this. You know, and uh, um, I was driving an, um, an arch architect as a job a lot. Like mm. uh, I was a private chauffeur and. He rebuilt the academy in Arnhem, Arnhem, which was done by Mondrian. Oh, yeah. I know what Mondrian. No, wait, Mondrian was that the architect? No, that was the painter. 
the uh, Mondrian is a Dutch artist, yes. Yeah, no, and he, uh, Rietveld was not my Rietveld. Rietveld. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. Okay. Yeah. I mix him up all the time. <laughs> a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Anyways, they were the same. They were, I mean, the same time. But uh, um, you know, so it was like a, you know, a historic building. Mm. So what he did, he built like the extension underground next to it. So it would interfere oh, with yeah. the architecture, and and he he redid a couple of factory buildings and kind of you know mm-hmm. made them and uh, yeah, there's a big big uh, like the the old um, tobacco factory in in Rotterdam, which been completely refurbished and re, re- repropriated. Mm-hmm. You know? So instead of tearing it, the interesting buildings down, you just kind of redo them. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that. Um, yeah, and I think that could be really interesting in Venice that you keep you keep the characters but you you know you don't hang up on all these kind of yeah, uh, yeah. but I guess you know the, that's a Dutch Protestant mentality you can you can you don't mind that uh, the church is not a church anymore mm. but in the Catholic Italy yeah, a church good. is a church yeah. even if there's nobody involved or working there anymore yeah it's still like, you know God's house yeah you know <laughs> living there doing nothing <laughs> so it's almost that on that note you can say that the religion and on other social uh, what is social rules yeah. affect art architecture discussion yeah. you know and also politics Political life and uh, mm-hmm. social and and uh, and maybe even human human considerations mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I'm a, yeah. yeah yeah the position of art in uh, also kind of like all politic polit- I'll just change the subject a bit all the politics these days are moving more to like the populist rightish kind of things right and yeah and, and, f- and capitalist um, mm. free market thing mm. all that. And I think that's also kind of a, a job we art as artists have to take on is to kind of you know, defend what we what we believe is important, you know, and and yeah, you know, which which is the slow message, which is the mm. the awkwardness, which is the yeah, kind yeah. of you know not really understandable, which is the, and I think we've we've lost a bit kind of that that kind of drive to promote that that's idea. true mm. yeah, we are so we are caught up in the hurry ourselves mm, mm, mm. Mm. exactly and i i feel it in myself you know this kind of this uh unsatiable you know desire for you know uh, um ambition mm. you know where you just want to go on move on mm. instead of and i really have to put my brakes on all the time say hey mm. no really this yeah, yeah. This, this you know what you what, what you described kind of this, this enjoyment of going to openings to meeting artists to kind yeah. of discuss uh, art and 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 the world around it and um, but I also I also changed certain things in my practice recently in the last few years I I uh, I was a little bit burned out for a while you know I was like mm. At certain times, I've had several burnouts during my, you know, times. Mm-hmm. But I kept doing things. But it changed the art as well. Mm. But I also sort of, you know, I changed a little bit about like, what are my priorities? Who do I collaborate with on mm. different levels, commercially for shows or what do mm. I want? How do I, you know, 
and uh, and that's also very important like that and when you do that that takes time you know there's mm. there's you do need to develop new relationships or you need to explain everything to people or i don't know what it's like there are a lot of things there are a lot of the mechanics of the art world that are very slow yeah. at the same time the things the rest of the world is pretty moves pretty fast yeah there's all these personal relationships that are slow developments you know yeah. things don't happen fast when you want to no, you people. have to have a long breath or i say like, like yeah a, a, a very you have to be persistent and mm. But I kind of, like, I, because I, I, throughout my career, ever since the very beginning, I've been very, very open about sort of the, 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 you know, how art, the art market works, and how the, mm. how making art is compared to that, and mm. all, always discussed it in panels or in teaching, mm. and been very, you know, I made the the painting relative value, which was all yeah. about money. Those pieces, that, that piece particularly, opened up a lot of. Doors, doors, yeah, yeah. and it enabled me to do, make just make totally new work as mm -hmm. well, because I just you know put out all my money on the canvas and uh, gave it away in a way. Yeah, um, uh, doing that's kind of a brave work, I would say, um, on my you know, I would say myself, but uh, those pieces were so important for for my head to clear, you know. Yeah. And then there are other moments in your life as an artist that when you need to clear the air again, you know, and f uh, loosen up a little bit, uh, change your relationships. Yeah, and, uh, ch change your routines, change routines, your production. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm st we're still, you know, st it's, what's important is that I don't see a lot of artists, I see a lot of artists, you know, stuck in their pattern. Mm. And I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm still in my thirties, mm. though I'm at the very end of my thirties. <laughs> still in the thirties. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I've had a couple of changes of my career already in my life. Yeah. You know. I think it's very important, also, kind of to. Yeah, and I think it, it's essential. You know, I I have gone through like a like a change in production methods. Mm. Worked on for for four years till I kind of came to a point where, you know, ba see, you know, to also prevent these burnouts, mm. you know, to see okay, yeah. how are things developing and and kind of how do I do art now? You know, back then I was you know I had a show and I I only produced for shows, uh, mm. and and sometimes big, sometimes small, but you know, produced for shows. So I only had often had just a month before the show to produce the work. Mm, so there was, mm, no, mm. there was no room for error, yeah, right? That's yeah. it. And and which gives it a tremendous energy and gives gives a, you know that that strategy and gives a, a, a and you 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 miss some but you hit I think more mm, that mm. way. But you burn out. Mm. Yeah, because you 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 know as soon as other things in your life are all of a sudden in a dissonance, mm, you know, mm. you can't bring up that energy, you know, especially if you grow older, mm. you can't bring up that energy. So that's a, that's not a long lasting strategy. It's a good starting strategy, mm. but it's not a good long lasting strategy. So I wanted to move to a, 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 a um, place where I could develop things over a longer time next to these shorter projects. Mm. You know? So it still happens that I'd produce in this way. Because mm. uh, often you have to go to default to make things work, right? Mm. But at the same time, I'm developing these things. Yeah, I was talking about these paintings I've been working on for two years. Yeah. Right. And you know, maybe I need another two years to kind of come to some kind of you know yeah. showable work, mm -hmm. which is fine. Yeah. But that's part of a new strategy. 
you know, also the no play show was part of the new strategy and so in that strategy i learned to use the 3d tools properly i mm. uh, i taught myself how to use the cnc machines mm. you know and started working with them mm. on a daily basis and and so developed techniques in there to slow down the production mm. to have more time for contemplation and stuff like that so that was finished and now now you know i did a couple i did two big solo shows last year and came to the conclusion okay I'm still paying to be an artist. Mm. Do I want that? And I thought, no, I, I want to make a living of my art, right? This mm. is what I do. You know, I found out, I tried many other stuff. I want to do art. I need to do art. If I don't do art, I get miserable. Mm. So then I want to live of art. Okay? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What does it mean to live of art? Right? Yeah. And that and that has nothing to do with sentiment. This is just, okay, well, you have to have a certain amount of income. Uh, and you probably have to diversify, you know, because just yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all these kind of things and maybe maybe it comes all together in one thing in the end but you know for uh, the strategy now is to make a living yeah? mm-hmm. and, and building up systems for that mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, yeah, and then um, you know, just as some examples of, of yeah. trying to uh, yeah. and how do you uh, I mean these are very concrete example. is it as concrete for you as well when you change your things or is it more gradual more and more um yeah or how systematic is it when you do these things well uh, uh i well it's that there were certain times throughout my career that that i did less shows for example i did more teaching and curating yeah it's almost like you can see this like graph if you put it up on a, on a graph yeah, you could see that there were. I did some less shows. I did yeah. more teaching and more yeah. curating, and then I did more public art. Yeah, and then I did more shows, yeah. and then I did more teaching again. Yeah, those those are quite distinct uh, chain sort of different practices that are sort of like in you know in that are that I'm I'm doing more of certain practices mm. and. Uh, at some at uh, when I when I changed I, I changed I, I left my gallery this year last year yeah. last year, and that that was also a big change because the gallery is a very very important structure in an artist's life. Mm. When a scene, but but also when when you when you, when you don't feel like uh, when you don't necessarily when they when we're growing apart just like people grow apart. Yeah. And there's no need to sort of and keep, keep hanging it. on to it. Yeah, no. I guess uh, I'm pra- quite pragmatic about these things. Those those things. Mm. Mm. Um, but that it means also that there are there are going to be new people involved in, in different ways. You know. Yeah, because if one one thing falls away, there's space for something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, at the same time, because I am on such a, I have such so many different ways of making a living as an artist mm. for, or communicating my work mm. the, there are other you know other aspects of the of the of the art practice that are then given more room in a way in a way yeah, yeah. but do you um, yeah you make a conscious decision okay this year I'm gonna focus on public works sometimes yeah. it's been like that yeah mm. but is it is it is it being a part of an of an like an overall strategy like okay you know is it related to the development of the work or is it related to just to to 
uh, that you and uh, that you um, uh, get saturated in a certain direction or well especially regarding the public artwork when you I realized for a while I was doing both shows and public artwork projects yeah. but then when I was doing something like six or seven or eight projects at the, a year mm. they weren't necessarily all completed that same year but they were all uh, yeah, on the yeah, same work on yeah. The, on the, yeah there was suddenly no time to 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 do exhibitions because you got it when you were working on a large public artwork for let's say a hospital construction site mm then the dates change and mm. it shows are always about dates right yeah and suddenly these construction sites where you need to enter and do something or figure out something at certain times yeah they, they're totally flexible because you're dealing with thousands of other people yeah on this construction site and you when they finish or they delay yeah you, then you delay or, or yeah yeah have to and react. that that fucked up a little bit of my uh, routine in a way yeah that's a really important lesson that people need to realize and when they're involved with those kinds of work yeah. that you need to be very organized or and have put maybe put other things on hold yeah, yeah. Uh, well that's uh, i'm gonna try it out now I'm gonna yeah. See. Yeah. be careful you know make make sure you make some don't don't time things too tight you know mm. No, but that, but that it's all it's all about planning in the yeah. end. Then. It is because no, yes. if you if you prepare your show in time and it's it's right. just ready, you know, you just yeah. But maybe the opening is on the same day. You need to do a very. Yeah, you're not on your opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but it it really it really happened that I couldn't figure out. I couldn't manage, and you know. Yeah. Uh, and these things are also. Yeah, I consider my public art projects as exciting and interesting as as exhibitions. I as they should. As they should. Because yeah. so, the because I, some people look, for some reason that's uh, but considered a little differently by some curators, gallerists, uh -huh. but or people who can, who you know critics, but they to me they aren't you know. Mm. Mm. No, I think that's the the right approach. That's also why I hesitated so long for diving in into mm. into this because I. You need to argue with people again, just as I did mm. as a ceramic artist student. Mm. I had to argue that I was doing art. Then again, you need to argue sometimes mm. why you're doing that. This mm. is art or something. Mm. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, but that, that, I think it also has a historic perspective, at least in the Netherlands, that that public art somehow is like the. the you know, people do that and decide to make a living instead of, you know, and mm. they actually do something else, you know. Mm. But that's also because the avant-garde in, in the Netherlands was so big, you know, so the avant-garde was kind of that oh, what yeah. you wanted to do. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the public sculpture was always a compromise because you're, you're working under certain right. conditions, right? And so it was always seen as the lesser, mm, mm, lesser mm, form of art. And I've, I've always rebelled against it because it doesn't mm. need to. Mm, mm. I think I think you can... You can achieve the same kind of uh, complexity, fragility, uh, um, or you know, or engagement in a in a public sculpture. As you can in a in a things. It's much more complex because you you know, like if you put up a show, it's up for a week, a month, maybe half a year, but that's that's it, right? Mm. And then it disappears again somewhere. Yeah, mm. the public sculpture is there year in year out. Mm. Yep. So so the communication is differently. Mm. You know, so with with the work with the audience. So mm. say, you know, so people start to have a different relation with it. So, but mm. I I do believe that you in these kind of information lines you can tap into the the same things. 
but yeah. Let's uh, let's have a small break. Yes. Small break. We're live. Now we're live. Yeah. But that's the thing. You have to press a pause play again, not record. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it records a great sound. This thing, but it's. I mean, it's absolutely not user friendly. Huh. See, I see. Uh, I have a dream of having like a proper studio with like these. <laughs> I say these. Where uh, you are tuning the 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 the, the, the bass while we we're talking. Yeah, 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 where I do all this. <laughs> uh, basically, because I like uh, uh, because I like uh, these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I just built my own guitar. Oh. It's almost finished. So uh, yeah, I always like these musical recording and sound things. Yeah. and i'm a complete novice amateur whatsoever but uh, sure i was i did this myself i had this synthesizer project with uh yeah uh, anders fierce now yeah. really talented uh young guy who uh, we collaborated and made all this like weird looking funny exciting synthesizer installations yeah uh, i saw the pictures yeah, yeah. Mm. they're I mean, I have too much recording, too many recordings from certain certain sessions. To, then that that's, it's too much to to sort of go down and you know edit it. It's, mm -hmm. it's too uh, too much. I it's just sitting around on my hard drive. But at some point, maybe there should even be something released, even you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's music. It's, it's like this is this is a great example. Like we're both like in, curious about these things. So we do something about it. We do. Yeah. You build your guitar. Uh, I totally without you know without any, knowing anything. Yeah, I still uh, don't know if it works. It's wired now, but I you know I yeah I still have to string it up. So mm. I'll do that now mm. this week. Yeah, it's the same with me when, with the with those synthesizer projects with the Anders. Had a great time. Uh, I really you know really figured it, figured out something, learned something, and you yeah. Know, yeah understood how how it works and a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and not not be you're not being scared to fail. I mean, failing is, is yeah, an option. that's yeah. true. It's like uh, yeah, as an artist, we this is again. I guess people who are more concerned with their general practice that they are yeah. more worried about that. But I, when I go from making wall paintings to doing synthesizers to do some, yeah, I don't know. You have some room. Yeah, there's some mm. room there mm. to fail and mm. to. Uh, experiment and mm. allow yourself a failure uh, but even even i mean especially these small project these quirky projects they give they give so much because there's so many small techniques so small so many, even with a building guitar so many small mm. ideas which oh yeah yeah i've mm. never for example i never polished paint before which i did now wow yeah yeah i worked out fine like oh so yeah. you were sort of you're polishing it i had a polishing machine oh yeah so. yeah yeah but uh you know and that's because I did some, you know, like, yeah. That's why guitars are so glossy. Place. Yeah, they, uh. they get polished, yeah. Uh -huh. So now, yeah, these, it's fun to go these 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 unknown routes. Yeah. But still, um, to go back to one of the earliest question we had in the start, you know, what? Because you never really answered it. What is? This I'm sorry, project? I was probably just uh, <laughs> trying to sort of you know dis distract you. So what is the project in what, the back what? of your studio? <laughs> Well, I've been. It is actually. I've been been working on some uh, drawings and models of a villa. 
yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it's a villa. And this is interesting. This is funny because I I don't own anything. Mm. I you know, I have nothing. I I don't own anything that's worth more than 10,000 crowners. Mm. I think almost. Yeah. Except I have some artwork of my own that yeah, is worth a lot more. Yeah, yeah. But uh but I don't you know, I own very little. I have no I don't own apartments. I don't own cars or I don't, you know, I have nothing. Mm. I spend it all on production and art yeah. and and uh then I and I I have no wish to really own a house. Yeah. But then I'm and you're drawing a house. <laughs> I'm drawing yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Making a model for of it and stuff, you know, like uh-huh. this idea of a yeah, a very large living room. Uh, yeah. but, you know, the, that's where the bathrooms should be. That's where the bedrooms should be. That's yeah. they should have such a big balcony. It should have this kind, you know, specific kind of kitchen. All that. Yeah, that's an, that's that's the project in the uh, back of uh, my studio, which is not you, happening really probably. You know, when we were Demon to Mouth, you know, mm. we developed this idea of the intermezzo. Okay, and okay. this would be a perfect intermezzo project. <laughs> you know, this is also—it's it, actually the same idea of kind of what is in the what yeah, is because yeah. you know, we do all these kind of stuff at arts, you know, which are not really art related, but we, you know, which get us yeah. really excited. You know, building a guitar, mm. drawing—I'm drawing a house too, by the way. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, you're all doing yeah. that. This should be a little village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but these, yeah, these, uh, what you said, we, and these projects are really fun. They're really, because yeah. you know, they. Yeah, you don't have anything to lose. They don't go into the same discourse, so you don't have to take them so seriously. So you can kind of just really figure out what do you really want in these in these premises, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Mm. Mm, cool. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I, I asked the question again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a fun conversation. Also, it's been uh, I'm spinning from here and there, like. Yeah. Uh, so that's also the idea, you know. Mm. It, it's not so. I mean, sometimes people come in and and they have know, a mission. Well, not even, <laughs> yeah. Either that, or they, you know, they're working on some very specific thing, and you can talk a lot about that. And but but mostly, I think they go like this, where mm. you just hop from one one subject to the other. Mm. I don't know if that's good because I have no idea what people think about it. Because I have no no no. You know, I mean, there's about between. I think the most people listen to is like 160 mm. listens and, mm. and I was just uh, and but on average it's about 20 but when they are like three and four hours long that it's uh, it's a uh, it takes uh, an effort to I listen to about if, uh, normal working day I can listen between mm. four and six hours of podcast right yeah so I eat them up yeah yeah <laughs> And there's there's probably more people. If if I'm doing it, there's probably more people who do it. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm. Mm. But I think maybe we should uh, just close it off here. And then we pick it up for the session number twenty-one, maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would love to. <laughs> that's that's also a thing. I would love to have you back. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and but yeah, in a couple of years maybe. Yeah. Because then then it gets really. Then we see. Uh, sure. Then then we can. We can uh-huh. comment on the topics from the first uh, yeah. talk and uh, yeah. revise our answers yeah. or discussions. Or we, or we signed the ignore what we said now. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. and uh, Thanks for having me and uh, I look forward to coming back. Yes, great. All right. Goodbye.